Okay, Ben, welcome to the convention center. At long last, I, I ironed out the details. I crossed my T's, dotted my I's. It is finally happening. We are here at the Cartoni Awards. Everything's going to go off without a hitch this year. Yeah, Zane, listen, I I saw the guest list. Yeah, and stacked. I, I came across a disturbing revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, the, I always love hearing your disturbing revelations. I'm not talking about the uh, fragrance line from Alan Moore. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about an actual revelation that I uh, came across when perviewing, reviewing your guest list. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Um, the thing is, none of these characters are real. <laughs> well, these, Ben, you know, I know it's, don't exist. I know it's hard to believe that we're in the same room with, you know... You know, no, Slimer, no, 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 no. the Slimer. You, you misunderstand me. These are not characters that are real within the continuity. Because we've been doing this for long enough that we have torn back the veil between real and not real. It's all I'm real. I'm saying, even within the realm of cartoons, yeah. these characters are not real. Ben, ben that, that's ridiculous. You can look right over there. It's cr- Look, Kronk's shoulder angel and shoulder devil are just, you know, they're having a great time. Here they, they're yeah, walking it, over to my shoulders. Hey guys. Yeah, but it, in the in the movie, it, they're not actually okay. Here's another example. You see Roger Rabbit over there? Yeah. Oh my God! Can you believe that we got him? I can't because he's a hallucination by Bob Hoskins. You you can't because you're unwilling to accept that I finally got it right, Ben. Uh, oh, watch I, your okay. feet. The space coyote from uh, that episode of The Simpsons is here. He's just bobbing through. Just ignore him. I, he can't give us any more information than we already know, Zane. Well, yeah. Because he's a figment. Because he's wise and he knows the true wisdom comes from within, you know? Uh, okay, okay. How about how about um, the Great Gazoo? Right over there. The Great Gazoo? Now, have you have you ever seen him interact with anyone other than Fred Flintstone? He, he granted my wish earlier when I said, oh, man, I could go for a canapé. And then this waiter stopped by. I, 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 I love what you did with, you know, the... The hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. This, yeah. The, I think the stuffed grape leaves would have been a little too heavy. I, yeah. I appreciated the bruschetta. Well, I just, I needed, uh, you know, a smorgasbord of hors d'oeuvres because there's a lot of diverse people from Foster's Home of Imaginary Friends. I, I feel like you're neglecting the, a key adjective in that cast Oh, of well, characters. you know, it's like Magic Johnson, you know, it's not... Speaking of, mm. the, the, thank you for bringing up Magic Johnson, it turned out the magic did not was not localized to one Mr. Johnson himself. No, no, he uh, goes up and down cast, the court. The entire cast of Space Jam is here. Or, more accurately, they are not here Blue because guy, they don't exist. Red guy, yellow guy. Yeah, I, see? You, you, they don't even have names in your brain. No, because, you know, they're kind of, it, it's all together. You know, you know how this is. Look, man, I, I know... You've seen Venture Brothers, and I know you Love recognize it. that Henchman 24 is just a figment of Henchman 21's imagination. Henchman 24 on. walked around for a few seasons, and then I, I kind of, I only watched the first few multiple times, and I kind of forget the rest. That, that, that's your, these are load-bearing rests. <laughs> well, look, look, look over there. It's, uh, it's Samurai Jack. He, he does seem a bit no, perturbed. No, no. Yeah, it's not. It's not our. It's not our regular Samurai Jack. It's the version that yells at himself in season five. Well, but, but we should be respectful of his condition. We shouldn't. It <laughs> isn't real. It's not a condition. 
<laughs> well, that, that, you know, that's just being closed-minded. All right, I'll go along with you. Um, let's... I think you should expand your mind just like the mentalists in Mob Psycho did, like Dimple. D- Dimple isn't... Okay, but Dimple is only seen by psychics because... Because he's they're super real and they're super real. No, he's not the greatest psychic of our generation, Reagan sure? Arataka. I think it. I think he's real. I'm pretty sure. All right, I'll, I'll go along with you this time. Let's hand out some more canapes to what is this? An entire mall's worth of advertisements from Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah, um, I, I'm not. I'm trying not to look at the Hooters lady. It's it's difficult. Yeah, dibs on the Victoria's Secret. Welcome to the. Annual Cartoni Awards. Do you, want, do you want to lead us in, or are we just kind of? I think maybe I don't. <laughs> By the way, my name is Zane. Oh yeah, my name is Ben. And there's the Carton Cast. Cast. And we are the podcast that reviews old cartoons, new cartoons, whatever cartoons we feel like to. Uh, as we, with we, when we, where we think about as adults. Where do we, where we think about as adults? Yeah, and we've got a humdinger today to discuss. <laughs> yeah, we're dinging some hums. We're dinging some hums. Hums will be dinged in this episode mm-hmm, of the yeah. Carton Cast, ladies and gentlemen. And then, I don't think there's any analysis that can be done of that sentence, actually. <laughs> Normal was the shooter. He has an angel arm in addition to his gun arm, in addition to his gun gun. <laughs> Why won't these cowards give him a gun? <laughs> I'm afraid of getting <laughs> shot. I'm afraid of being punched. <laughs> getting evicted. Mm-hmm. Low sperm Being count. Tr- he's just saying what we're all he's thinking saying, and like spanking what we'd all like to spank. But now it seems that he's a criminal of some sorts. <laughs> he's doing what polite society won't, like setting fire to an orphanage. Yeah, is this a skip-townable offense? <laughs> My gobbledygook phantom rats will pilfer all the city of its ghost cheese. It's awesome. awesome. Give me the least human read possible of this. <laughs> Oh boy, my awful fail son. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to take advantage of this childlike mind and profit as, off as, of it. I've yeah, lost a lot of children that. in that bin. I used to be a baby. Babies forever. It's That's, hard to be a kid when you're an adult man. Just It's a parade of the <laughs> gerontocracy accompanied by himbos. He's just 90s vibing. <laughs> you can't fault a bro for 90s vibing. <laughs> as bros are wont to country. do. <laughs> Holy shit! They were skydiving for no reason. Just saying it's all coming back to me. <laughs> you know, just as cool teens. You know. Jesus Christ! Just what like, was the point of that? Color. Yeah, with Magic Johnson and Dracula and just the boys being boys and hanging out. We're not dealing with with Dracula. But we're close. We're close, though. <laughs> now you're watching my Magic Johnson. I don't know basketball, do. It's as dumb as it sounds. <laughs> perhaps more so. This is your dumbest conspiracy theory yet. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even say it. <laughs> yeah, you were thinking it. Questions. And I have Just psychic powers. Zane, I'm getting the feeling, because you have stated so exactly, so this is a pretty well-researched feeling. Check your history book slash sing-along. You Steven talking about Universe the woke agenda? <laughs> I'm talking. I'm I'm re- I'm referring circumspectly to the woke agenda. What is this? Taxes? Can it have like a dog? Kids need to see dogs. None of this dog in trench coat. What's under that trench coat? <laughs> I don't care to stick around to find out. Right on, super lady. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. We we've already passed the racism uh, pinnacle. Yeah. One hopes. Ben's not just casually racist today. No, no. You open a whole Pandora's box here if she's water Korean. We're not bad people. We're we're fine. Right. I read Mein Kampf for analysis. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are talking to a Confederate. The good somebody. Kind. The good Confederate. <laughs> 
my new romance novel. That's a true fact. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's hard to tell when you talk about the French. It's it's an international trade dispute sex game. I don't even get like a spanking limit. In my day, we had a quota. There weren't enough horror anime at the time. It was a drought. (laughs) It was a recession. (laughs) No, it was a drought. It got real humid. I consider puberty a wet works upgrade. (laughs) A lot of my adolescence involved reaching up for that knob. They're not wearing those short leotards. Zane, why not? (laughs) <laughs> They're cowards. Yeah. Var- varying levels of Doctor Who fuckables, yes. Is that like Lunchables, but... You got it. With a dildo? That's cake, the one. Cake. I've baked a cake. We can have our weekly cake orgy. Either you have a big forehead or you have a porn mustache, and there's no in-between. <laughs> he was definitely smoking cigars and definitely rubbing one out under the table. How can I replace my father figure in my life if I don't metaphorically cut off his penis and weld it onto me? There's a new thirst trap in school, and they both staple their vaginas to him. Yeah, man, I want to fuck like a horse as well. We're all furry perverts. <laughs> you Link? want a monster harem? <laughs> yeah. What, have I been unclear? Uh, Filate to... me, princess. <laughs> Is that good? Do yeah. we like that? Oh, yeah, I did shadow fuck that woman. The, the man himself paints a more dismal portrait than those tweets would suggest. Ah, uh, we didn't have reply tweets in those days. Ah, you just had to use violence. It's okay to murder children if he's wearing a purple suit. But on the talking gorilla I, planet, things are it different. Just, it's just Iron Chef, which you assume in this world is how they pick generals. You can bring up the Vietnam War now sure. as like a funny reference. H.W. Bush was like, we're just going to kick ass. And then Clinton was like, maybe we should write some of this down. But we could take some (laughs) The two things you have to worry about the most are what they'll do to you if they find you and what they'll do to you if they can't find you. It's time somebody like really took a bat to that horse and just beat it until all the laughs came out. That was for revenge. That's for justice. Well, (laughs) (laughs) the grandma is a person. Mm -hmm. She's not a cat. She is worthy of vengeance. The trick was finding out how tragic was too tragic. Right. If I don't get a handle on this, I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> the biker's death is the only death that I accept. Well, Ben, maybe I'm, you I'm need to expand your definition to include abuse. I'm sorry, I get I get dissected in the shadow realm and my soul is sent to oblivion? Do I Didn't, Do I have to? Can I opt out? Yeah, make soap out of your enemies. <laughs> I don't know if I could have handled an entire Just graveyard stuck. of imaginary friends. <laughs> We're happy and we don't need revenge, but... You know, time changes a man. If I could have salted the earth, I would have. Okay. It's my earth too, Ben. Who cares, though? (laughs) Oh, well, Ben learns on the internet. Finally, they can sell us memes at a premium. (laughs) So, yes, on the ADHD. Not in so many words. (laughs) Mm, mm. Well, you don't have time for that many words. You have ADHD. (laughs) I forgot. You're on steroids. You're digging in the dirt. You're not taking a bath. Beer ain't drinking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is this is just my party cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be rude to say no. <laughs> you're you're dealing in faux pas here, hombre. <laughs> oh, or Ben, studios. sorry. Can I cut you off? I thought of a joke that's okay. Interesting theory that goes nowhere. Let's let's go to the next one. Next, uh, they call that fool's gold. They don't. Ben, I regret to inform you that I didn't really listen to what you said. That's not super subtle, but I appreciate it. Try again. <laughs> no. No, Zane, I can't. I knew you well, were wrong. Case, I just didn't know how wrong. I got distracted. Are you gesticulating with a jar of peanut butter? 
Oh, I guess I fucking am. <laughs> <laughs> How are you like this? I don't know, man. Like You dipshit. You're not going to explode. <laughs> Fight me. Yeah, you're like the Unabomber for game shows. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have but... a lot of thoughts and feelings yeah. about celebrities, it seems. What if somebody was constantly trying to eat Columbo? It is Three's company, but one of the women is an evil wizard. What if I was difficult for no reason? <laughs> yeah. Like, Imagine if you fell in love with a mountain. Yeah. What if a tornado had a family? <laughs> I don't know, like putting a scarecrow in a disco. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, shaking the... a glove and the glove has meat in it, but it's not a normal handshake. It's not It's it's not meat you're familiar with, sir. <laughs> this is the new meat. Yeah. It, it's it's not quite that. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, it was a lumpy time. You're seeing Snagglepuss where none exists. <laughs> I can only have my heart broken so many times. Two, it seems. Yeah, one for each heart. What's the word for compromise, but you don't actually get any concessions? You're just tired. I don't have a sense of how he feels other than defeated. <laughs> Why don't you just give up and let mimes rule the world? Am I happy? Am I clown? What on earth is that magician doing with that kite? Read the wrong way? You couldn't put that to film. <laughs> it's not like Hamlet written by a monkey. It's like Hamlet 2 written by the guy who wrote Hamlet 2. True, but also... I just, Start with the people. I just people want... and the things. Sneakers. There's a lot of them. We all have them. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. Uh, I don't know what it means. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew what it means. I didn't look it up, and I don't want to know what it means. Mm -hmm. And if that's not hitting you, we have exactly one other joke in the barrel. <laughs> it is for no purpose and to no end. I've been poisoned, Zane. <laughs> No, it, as it turns out, he was the pettiest and angriest man. He is saying what we're thinking, which is just like, we, we hate people and we <laughs> want ill to befall them. Now people will, will hate listen to hear that yeah. we enjoyed this so much. I really hope so. Uh, ben, do you perchance remember what we're doing next time? Damn it, I hate that I've forced you to phrase it that way. Hey, give me your show. Let me do it from now on. Yeah. No, you're not, don't do that. Hey, we ain't, we ain't doing anything with it. And leave... A comment on the contact page and then do whatever else you're going to do that day, <laughs> including perhaps leaving a rating or review. If you go to fancybat.com slash cartoncast, you can go to the contact page there and leave us a comment or, or whatever you happen to think about anything. Tell me your favorite recipes. I want to know how your mom's doing. Uh, if you, you go to Apple Podcasts, you're so difficult. If you go to Apple Very nice. I'm sure there's a ninth somewhere in media. Yeah, that'll that'll be fun for us to find. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, the internet. We're here again. In in here our mind palace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who are we? Uh, that's probably a way to introduce the podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. As far as you know, and we are the podcast that reviews old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. And today, our illustrious Cartoni Award segment, number mm -hmm. nine. Number nine. Number nine. What are you, what are you calling my order? No, that's the 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 famous Beatles thing that um, Yoko Ono got in on. Wait, I thought it was during their Mambo artsy phase. Number five. That's Mambo number five. That's correct. What about Love Potion? Also number five? A number nine. Are you serious? I am serious, yeah. Was that the Beatles? No, well, no. Love Potion. Who's Yoko Ono? <laughs> ben, do you remember in the Simpsons episode where they were what the B-sharps and they, like, Barney cut a demo where of he's just saying course. number eight and burping? Of, of course That's I remember the That's what the, the parody was of. 
I didn't understand the reference. I didn't understand it to the degree that I did not keep the reference. Oh. So I'm, I believe you. Yeah. But it's not there. All I remember is football in the groin. And yeah. <laughs> Classic take. That's a different episode. But ben, it's immortal. Speaking of different episodes, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to look back at the episodes from this year. Uh, wow. And uh, let's rankify them. Let's give them some categories and move on. That's in. an unprecedented concept. Never been done before. Mm-hmm. And it'll never be done again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's take ourselves on this nice retrospective. Let's do it. Uh, I, All right. Yep. The rules are as follows. There are categories such as... Uh, worst um musical number or something to that effect but now that we we're in will... the cartoni awards you don't have to make up fake categories you can say what <laughs> no i can't no 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 i'm because <laughs> then they'll see it coming zane uh the one of us will posit three contenders yep. for the for the award and then the other one of us will uh will think about it we can maybe do a little bit of back and forth to keep our to to help us remember what exactly happened in Zoids Mm -hmm. and um, we'll come to a determination sounds great all right Um, yeah yeah, do you want to start off or should I Uh, I think we can start off with a with a uh, let let me let me start off with one sure so this is a pretty frequent thing that we do so oldie buddy goodie best intro sure not the best intro to the actual cartoons, but the intro that we did for the episodes. These are frequently ad-libbed uh, and usually terrible. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of them that still made me... That, that I still either enjoy the concept or execution thereof. Yeah, a, a chuckle or a guffaw is sufficient uh, to place in this category. I, I, I should say at least a few chuckles. <laughs> Who are the chuckle fucks today? Thank you. I was trying to figure out a way to get there, and I realized too late that... You could just say it. Ben, porn parody of a Batman movie with the Riddler, the Fuckler? I don't the fuck know chuckler? why that... Nece- like, for the Joker? I don't Joker. know why, why that is necessi- necessitates the Riddler specifically. <laughs> it's I think that says more about you than you wanted blankler. to reveal. Like, there's only so many Blanklers. I guess the Onceler is a, is a queer icon. I don't even know what the Onceler is. From the Lorax? Oh, wait, What? which one is the Onesler? I know Edward Onesler from uh, the Boondocks. I think the Onesler is that guy who makes all those terrible sweaters. Okay, but he doesn't fight for the trees. He yeah. speaks for the trees, excuse me. He speaks against the trees. It's like, not on my sandlot. He speaks from the trees. Yeah, from his roots. Johnny. Go ahead. Um. <clears throat> so, uh, you are welcome as always, to veto some of these and input your own. Sure. These are the ones that I thought were pretty good. First, The Legend of Zelda. Oh, yeah. Now, this intro had the two of us as well as a guest, my buddy James, mm-hmm. and we were going to a Ren fair, but we <laughs> needed the three pieces of the Triforce to get in, and one of us, not saying who, forgot theirs. Yeah. Uh, And the entirety of it was just kind of riffing on the notion that there's always X mystical something (laughs) in order to open doors in Zelda. Which is an old observation, but I I, I liked our twist on it. Uh, It's tricky because there was a lot of uh, 
you know, there, there, there's some dead air in there. It's hard when it's a concept that you need to kind of play for a while and with a with a, a new person on the podcast. But yeah, I, I think the concept carries quite well. Yeah, and special thanks to uh, James. This is the year of the James. It's the year of the James. Uh, so we got an email from Superfan Alex, Ooh. and one of the categories, which I'm not sure we'll do, is best James episode. <laughs> that, that, that feels that feels that that feels a little. Uh, what's the word when you um, when you when you demean someone by idolatry? I, th- I think I not, think it's just demeaning. I don't think the, that you need the addenda. <laughs> tokenizing specifically in a sexual way is what i'm thinking oh you think that this is a sexual thing (laughs) i (laughs) anything with a james okay anyway uh so that's the first one second the real ghostbusters Mm. now i don't know if you remember this 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 one was one of several episodes this year where we just like we have a dumb pun that's fine (laughs) I agree that it's just fine. Uh, I do love the notion that we ended on Buskin makes me makes them feel good as yeah. like a way to tie tie it all together. <laughs> um, and also, I got to do my um, your your my, uh, my spangler my, my spangler uh, impression. Yeah. Who, on recollection, I was re-listening to the intros. Sounds an awful lot like how Will Smith talks to talks from Zed's point of view. <laughs> Sounds a lot like not hosting an intergalactic kegger. It does sound like that. Yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a, that's a good nerdlinger uh, voice. Thank you. I, I've been practicing for thirty years. <laughs> Yay! Uh, and the last one I came up with was Robot Chicken. Oh. Huh. Where, where we were making fun of the notion that those World's hun- Funniest Home videos just looks at very surface-level tragedy, <laughs> and whenever you try to di- dive deeper into, like, actual depressive stuff, it is just terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I just love the concept. So yeah. those, are the, those are the ones that I came up with. Nice, yeah. Uh, it's, it's tricky because um, I, 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 do, I do like all of them. Uh, I didn't do as much re-listening back this year, so I don't have you know the the freshest memory of a lot of this. But um, yeah, so the the busking one I think is good just because um, uh, like like busking makes them feel good is a great line. I think yeah. we did a great job of like doing surprisingly subtle impressions of the characters. You yeah, mean Dan? Yeah, no, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, no, you. I mean. Dan's love for the franchise just really read through very it, it organically. It helped a lot of the episode. Um, but mm. yeah, I think, um, and it gets a point because it reminded me of our Spice and Wolf intro with Buskrat. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about Buskrat. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's see. And then the the Legend of Zelda, good concept, a bit long. You know how I, I tend to penalize stuff that goes on a bit long. Indeed. And then, yeah, the 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 six sad version. I think it, you know it, it was in the spirit of Robot Chicken in that it wasn't necessarily funny, but it did poke at the right place. It wasn't maybe the funniest execution, but it was when when we pared it down, it did it did read pretty organically as a Robot Chicken yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, it's, you know, it's only funny when it's like not that not real sad. <laughs> Yeah, it's not funny when it's real. Yeah, basically. 
Uh, yeah, I think it would have to be between that one and um, and uh, the uh, Buskin. All right. What gets the nod? Mm. I think the Robot Chicken was better execution, but it was also overproduced a bit. Yeah, it was. It didn't have that organicness. And I think, uh, you know, Dan just has the um, he has the benefit of a long history of of doing intros with us. And it's great that we can still kind of find fun concepts, but also just fun with each other. We don't give him director's notes anymore. Yeah, well, no, you know? he gives us director's notes. He puts on it. He, 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 you know, orients himself like Orson Welles. Yeah, he really dresses us down after the podcast <laughs> is over. <laughs> We're just signing up for a half hour of being belittled by, by a and lawyer. And another thing that I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think I think Ghostbuskin is, uh, is what I like. I ain't afraid of no sleep. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no bed. I, I love that you've... Uh, You've gone back to the meme version of that song. <laughs> I didn't know it. It was good. Um, Zane, is that going to be our inter-slicing inter- of I ain't afraid of no sleep. Could be. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no sleep. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's going to be hard to top excuse me, princess, though. <laughs> that is good. Um, yeah, all right. Excuse me, princess. So next up, uh, here is mine. Uh, this category is a, a new one, and again, as as you mentioned, feel free to veto one of these. I found, you know, they, they kind of merit on different uh, um, different uh, axes. So this sure. category is the show that we liked the best, despite hating a good half of it. Mm. So either half the episodes, or half the concepts, or half the execution, just really not for us but the show shined through in spite of it that half is going to be a real like deciding feature because uh-huh. we we've, we've dealt with this enough <laughs> where we like some of it and dislike some of it but it's rare that i love a thing in a thing that i mostly hate yeah yeah well the okay. thing that we loved in the thing that you know upon retrospective we hated uh neo yokio it's the show only has six episodes and we only had good things to say about two two and a half <laughs> but the core concept of a Kazcon uh just slowly becoming disillusioned with his high society life but just like not really knowing what to do about it so he just kind of putters around um it, it's a really I, I was so happy to go back to Neo Yokio because it, it's just such a golden concept. And I think it was executed pretty well. I might have to push back on this one on the metric of uh, at least half. Because <laughs> there was always something kind of kind of rocketing me forward in those episodes, whether it be his no homo rivalry with Archangelo, <laughs> whether it was his hangers on. See, see, um, this is this is the problem with waiting so long to do our Cartoni Awards. Is uh, I don't you remember forget how all much of I the just it. like awkward talking about where we're gonna go to lunch. Uh, you know, there is a lot of dead space like, there. Shifting between okay, we're critiquing high society. Okay, we're you know adorning it. Plus, I don't think you actually saw a couple of the episodes, which were pretty bad ones. Okay, okay, fair um, enough. But yeah, I, I I agree. Like the parts that we recollect are pretty strong. Um, the, the, I mean, that maybe that is a good demarcator of a of a a good performance is that you remember the crazy remember the boy good of it all. And I bet that you remember some of the good ones. And I know that you quote some of the good ones from Robot Chicken. 
<laughs> we we talked a lot about the like, nature of robot chicken and how they just kind of threw everything at the wall. The stuff that worked was great. The stuff that didn't usually wasn't too long that it became cringeworthy, but often enough, especially in those early seasons. I agree with that. I will say, I don't think I ever quite loved any part of Robot Chicken. Mm. Like, there's the odd joke that really shines through, but I don't I don't know if I loved it overall. What if know? I sent Flo from Progressive over to, uh... <laughs> <laughs> to put a thumb on the scale, among other things? Uh... Yeah, well, I mean that that's a that's a fair uh, fair point. Um, and then the third option, uh, story bots. So again, there are a lot of good parts to this, right? The fun songs and the celebrity cameos that might or might not make any sense at all. Um, mm. But there's also just a lot of we're watching children talk on screen awkwardly to you know cartoon yeah. characters saying "Go get them, Tiger." We have played out team dynamics so we've got the most stressed out boss in the world just like yelling for no reason and a lot of just mm-hmm. in between and like a lot of the musical segments were pretty aimless and not to our taste um yeah yeah i so i, I think recognize. in different ways uh these shows have high highs and low lows i guess we can call it that too very, di- very, very different axes. I'm gonna go with the original concept, which is loved despite half of it being half of it being garbage. Sure, or hating more than half of it. And I think this one's a pretty easy slam dunk for me. Oh yeah, I didn't I realize think, you I watched Slam Dunk this year. I I watch it every year. Uh, I watched. Uh, I, I I think that this one is an easy Neo Yokio. Neo Yokio, the Ichiban you, himself. You, the Ichiban is the Hikikomori. <laughs> no, like. These these random jokes are not the bulk of it, and like oh god that that <laughs> the, the 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 freaking um water uh oh, the, wa- the water weak. mage yeah yeah the water mage from the Hamptons <laughs> um and, Jeffrey, and like cousin that Jeffrey weird, that that weird dumb subplot of uh the robot needing fuel but Kaz is selfish so like there is like a lot of dead space of like this is just kind of. The Nonsense. good and the bad are right there because, like, they're, he's they're complaining about needing a charge, but at the same time, this like Jersey guy is having. I, you know, he's I turned think his bros the, into butterflies. I think that the part part that really illustrates how it was able to capture my heart despite being barren mm-hmm. for wide swaths of it is the fact that I remember certain jokes and none of the context with like around <laughs> those jokes. Like, remember the. Right. Remember the um, the one episode where there's, uh, you know, he would normally stand out or he would normally blend in with a with midnight black... blue yeah. outline. But because it's a black back or because it's a because it's against the night sky, his pure black tuxedo is easy to see. Yes. That is such a funny joke. <laughs> and I have no idea how we got there or where we went from it. Right. Yep. <laughs> No concept. Yeah, so the bad parts literally, like, they fade. Because it's not like Robot Chicken where you cringe so hard at something that's extremely not okay anymore. Or yeah, Storybots it, it's, where it's like... it's noteworthy. You know, yeah. It, it, it's the, easy to remember the cringe parts. The bad stuff hides when you're not watching it actively. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, I like so, that. So, yeah, Neo Yokio. Excuse me, princess. Next up, I'm going to do... A listener-submitted question. Always love so, these. Superfan Alex uh, wrote, 
that we should do most obscure callback. He left the nitty-gritty to me, mm-hmm. but he recognized and, like a saint, submitted his—he he, he gave us—he he showed his notes. He showed his work. I appreciate he it. He gave us— the episodes and the timestamps when we made callbacks to other episodes. That's so helpful. <laughs> I should let him helpful. do the supercut. <laughs> I I didn't recognize that we made these references because it's it's so internalized. Like some of the nonsense, like defenders of the earth, and then the other person whispers, "Defenders." That stuff. That stuff is just internalized now. We don't even recognize when we're doing it. Sometimes. Oh yeah. Um. I what's thought you meant the, like Defenders of the Earth where you referred to the Caribbean ninja and Dan was like, whoa. <laughs> that is actually one of them, but <laughs> g- give me one second. What, what's the thing that Timon says that I always I can see what's up? happening. <laughs> I can see what's happening. I don't recognize when I do that anymore. <laughs> Go listen to Empowered to, to find a lot of evidence <laughs> of this. <laughs> it's just constant. It's just constant in the background. So... Having those timestamps is super useful. So thank you, Alex, for your submission and for citing your sources. Above and beyond. And yeah, come on for the show for the the final season. Absolutely. Would love to have you back. Uh, So, most obscure And in fact, I'm going to take this opportunity to say, if you've been on the Cartoncast before, come on for an episode or or for a finale, a a 10-year victory lap next year. I think we'll probably end up doing the actual finale with this, just the two of us, but uh, I think that it would be good to to get a reunion of sorts yeah. on the books. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Ah, category. Uh, so, the category, he left the nature of the callback to me. I figured most obscure callback. Love it. This is the callback that we made within the episode that... Only the most super <laughs> of fans would notice. Oh, I'm so... I'm, I'm salivating. <laughs> Um, and he, he gave a lot of examples, so I, I pared it down to the ones that I thought were most cogent. Mm-hmm. Uh, in The Real Ghostbusters, yep. at around 21 minutes, I uh, uh, Dan was describing Zedmore, who described him as the African-American gentleman, yep. to which I responded, the <laughs> Caribbean ninja, yep. and we had, to, we had to have a little bit of aftercare as I... <laughs> explained why i said such a thing (laughs) because because most people would say oh you're not Hmm. referring to the classic you know you know 60s or 80s or 30s show defenders of the earth how how could i have been misinterpreted starring fan favorite known character lothar lothar the caribbean ninja (laughs) um so that's the first one yep Second one. In Akira, at 59 minutes, when discussing how the suppressed emotions is essentially a metaphor for the atomic bomb, and uh, you said, said, what if we just suppress those emotions? To which I responded, how far are you suppressing them? Is it bunker territory? And you responded, I don't know, some, not a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I forgot that. Which yeah. is which is a callback to a scanner darkly. Yeah. Which is the only which is the only uh reply anyone can give when asked how much drugs they do. I said that phrase earlier today. <laughs> I believe you without reservation. <laughs> um 
I, I, that's just part of my lexicon now. It's like how you would say core memories now because you know uh, about core memories. <laughs> I would say core memories because it bothers me so damn much. <laughs> that's the inverse of like something I love most of the time, but there's like just a couple of piles of puke hanging out in it. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, oh. we, we can't get into this again. <laughs> can't get into it. We got into it enough the first time. Uh, and finally... In the episode Tasmania, at around 45 minutes, uh, we were talking about the use of food in Tasmania. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about that classic bit in Looney Tunes where those two guys are on the desert island and one of them is going to eat the other one and sees their foot as like a chicken sandwich or something. Mm -hmm. And you responded, it's because they're so tender. (laughs) To which I responded... (laughs) Tender. Tender. <laughs> they call back to recess and the extremely creepy way that TJ <laughs> says tender as in legal tender. Which, like, I don't know if they explain that he means legal tender very often in the show. I think people I don't just think they recognize that the catchphrase. I don't think they do it a single time, Zane. Now, Ben, are there any backups if uh, for, for vetoes? I just, I'm very curious now what else is on the table here. There were. I, I edited them down in okay, my notes. That's fine. Uh, there were plenty, though. <laughs> Send those to me, please. I will, I will. Okay, so we... I ha- think these are the best ones, though. So, so we have tender... <laughs> We have the Caribbean ninja. <laughs> and we have some, I don't know, not a lot. The thing is, the one with the Caribbean ninja, because it's not just you and me and we've internalized it, we had like a third party being like, hey, out a minute, what is that? <laughs> what, do, what do you mean, though? Um, I Okay, so quick question. Yes. The the Skinner Darkly one, some I don't know a lot, was that text from the film? Because if that was just us saying that and we've quoted ourselves, that might that might tip the scales a bit. I I think it was mm-hmm. I think it was from the film. Was I recall yeah. in that episode that that was his handler's answer for how much coke yeah, yeah. she did. Okay, that's right. I think I think that I think that that was it. So I think I'm going to start by uh, nixing recess because recess to uh, men of a certain age, our age, uh, the millennials. Uh, recess was a very popular show. It's from not that long ago. People watched sure, it. Not as deep a cut. It, it was not. It's not as deep a cut. Uh, tender. I mean that. That was, he said that a lot. That was a catchphrase, right? That's hey. That's a good point. But Caribbean Ninja was not a catchphrase. <laughs> so now we've got. The two other ones. One of them, Defenders of the Earth. What was? What Who? is that? The Phantom. And what? Do we have to darkly. explain the Phantom again? <laughs> I hope we can explain the Phantom again. <laughs> I don't know if I have another one in me. I need to call upon the strength of ten tigers. Ten tigers by Jungle Law. Oh my God! You know what? You know what? For the for the in between segments thing, just put Defenders of the Earth back in there. <laughs> <laughs> just throw them back. That's what my head does every time, anyway. <laughs> Um, so here's uh, a lot of the time I do the Captain Bucky O'Hare. Here's one. the thing: the the Caribbean Ninja feels like it's the most obscure, right? Because it's a show from the '80s based on a comic from the '30s, where the fourth billing star has a name that doesn't come up a lot. That we instantly know what we're talking about, right? So that that has a huge obscurity around it for anyone who's that not is- us, as evidenced by Dan's reaction. Well, that's true, but I don't think that that is dissimilar from the way we quote exactly a single line. The, okay, so the Scanner Darkly, 
uh, that line that I know you and I have said <laughs> to each other, like that's just. I think part only of it now. you say it. I think I've. I've I just think it's very funny. Considered it passe. I think it's very funny. Still, the the thing that keeps it in the running for me is we are currently living through Keanu Reeves' ascendancy, right? He his, his glorious rebirth. His star is rising. Even Cyberpunk seventy seven couldn't slow him down. Um, but here's the thing. No one has talked about Scanner Darkly. <laughs> it they has not come not. up. No one, but no one has talked about the Caribbean Ninja ever. No, 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 no. It, here's the thing. It's kind of like an eclipse, right? It's not actually that <laughs> dark outside compared to like nighttime. But the fact that it should be bright is, you know, it it, it changes the uh, the calculus a bit. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but be that like, and like. You talk about a scanner darkly. There's a lot to talk about about a scanner darkly. Um, it's not just that one line. I think if scanner darkly had a lot of quotables that people did, and that wasn't one of them, that would do it for me. But the Caribbean Ninja, my God, like who is that for? <laughs> and like, I gotta admit, like part of me wants to give it to that just because the incredulity of somebody who isn't one of us, right? calling attention to a callback and us very quickly trying to paper over the fact that it's in isolation a very problematic thing to call you, any you, black you, character. You know what I like about it is one it's recognizably a reference. Mhm. Or one hopes, right? But two, you type that into Google, it's not going to come up. <laughs> You're not going to get it. <laughs> there's there's many guys there is a Caribbean Ninjutsu Academy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, there are many ninjas out there. <laughs> yeah. Of or from the Caribbean. Yeah, and they're so not all cartoon characters. I, I, gotta, I gotta give it to... Uh, d- what episode did we say that in? <laughs> that, was, that was the real Ghostbusters. That was the real Ghostbusters. Okay, so Defenders of the Earth by way of Ghostbusters. <laughs> by way of Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah. Very good. And, you know, I want to hear the Ghostbusters theme anyway, so... <laughs> Bustin', 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 bustin'. I'm gonna put Defenders in there anyway, too. <laughs> Have a crossfade. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> That's great. Thank you, Alex. Uh, great category. Absolutely. And again, thank you for showing your work. Yes. Made, made my job a lot easier. Well, excuse me, princess. I don't know how to, uh, how to follow that up other than to uh, do an old classic. Ben, this is uh, who wins in a fight. Let's do it. Ben, we had uh, a couple of om- omni- omnipotent psychics this year, but we couldn't find a third, and so I can't use that power level, and I have to drop it down a peg. Sucks to suck. So the themelet for this year's bout is uh, characters who are partly extremely powerful uh, and partly very silly. Okay. Okay. So, so we're we're working on a Lupin scale. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll see how powerful they are and whether Lupin applies. I think it might be a little wackier than that, actually. Okay. So what you're saying is extremely powerful, but very silly. Yes. Uh, okay. And, or or more powerful, but less. Uh, you'll see. It's okay. okay you'll, I, you'll like these. I, if it was extremely powerful but very silly, I have a feeling like I know who the first representative <laughs> well, is. Well, the first representative is, of course, Freakazoid. 
his home base is the Freakalair, Freakazoid, Freakazoid, uh, Floyd the Barber, cuts his hair. Cuts his hair, Freakazoid, chimpanzee. Yeah. God, gotta get that chimp in there. Uh, yeah, so Freakazoid has all of the information on the internet as a power source. Uh, not necessarily that he knows things, but he can go super uh, freak fast. Are these b- yeah. branded terms? Like, Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing that The Flash did in oh, sure. Justice League. It's like just soulless merchandising of his IP. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's super strong, super f- lickety, lickety split. Um, mm-hmm. He... Although he does always prefer to travel with his arms out like he's an airplane. Of course. Um, he had telekinesis for a while. I, I don't <laughs> But we're basically focusing oh, yeah. on this uh, very silly guy who kind of needs handlers to focus him. Um, w- uh, which is semi-true of our next uh, contender, which is Axe Cop. Ooh, Axe Cop is very, very Axe. Axe Cop is... Uh, a superhero rather than a cop. He's cop adjacent, similar to how Freakazoid is cop adjacent. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he has an axe. He has kind of whatever powers the situation needs. They all have to kind of work into the schema of an axe cop. But because the writing is done by a five-year-old, you know, <laughs> whatever he needs to be able to do, he can bullshit it out of thin air. Indeed. And the also, soul kick. Yeah. And he has, you know allies and stuff but but mostly it's him doing what he pleases sure now the well, third considering one. they both have allies and or handlers i think i'm going to you have to make the determination whether we have the affiliated staff yeah and the third one um a little less silly but uh, i think similar power level we have captain planet Ooh, he i i don't know he seems pretty silly to me he's he's a bit <laughs> of a goofball he's a punster um, also, like, maybe he's not the silliest, but that's only because everything around him is the goofiest ever. We've got Jeff Goldblum Ratman. We've got oh, uh, 90s sick surfer uh, villain duplicate of him, Captain yeah, Pukum or all whatever. Of them, all of them felt like pup named Scooby-Doo villains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, Captain Planet, he has elemental powers and is powered by the sun and uh, is is hurt by pollution. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, so uh, let's uh, let's pick two and fight them. How about Freakazoid versus Axe Cop to start? Freakazoid versus Axe Cop. Yeah, that's... Okay, so Freakazoid, in isolation, I think is stronger than axe cop right. he, he has he has more unfettered power the question is how frequently and precisely can he access it and axe cop he he has a preternatural sense of when it's okay to lose there's some strategy <laughs> going on for axe cop even if he never shows it which is actually good poker face right yeah there. he's he's five steps ahead but freakazoid kind of sidesteps any steps right like he can just call cut yeah, yeah. So he's got kind of that fourth wall breaking Deadpool kind of stuff going for mm-hmm. him. But I think the clincher is going to be he is bound by his alter ego, Dexter Douglas. That's right. Nerd computer ace. Right. He's thinking he's he's got a logical side in there. He does. And Axe Cop, he never puts down his axe. <laughs> yeah, he sleeps he's, with it. He's always on the job. Yep. Married to the job, uh, ma'am. 
No, no woman so, could be good enough for him. I think what is going to happen is that Freakazoid and Axe Cop are going to continually just one-up each other in increasingly ridiculous ways, and then eventually Freakazoid gets bored and walks away. I, I think it's not even that. It's or Dexter has to get to school. If Freakazoid gets the upper hand, what's he going to do? He's going to, like, tickle him? He's going to, like, hit him with a pie? If Axe Cop gets the upper hand, Freakazoid's head's coming off. <laughs> I don't think that Freakazoid's head's coming off is is. That's not a, a death blow. Yeah, that's yeah. That that that's but, a that's an intermission at best. <laughs> I do want to see that intermission, but I think that Axe Cop gets it maybe by default. Mm-hmm. I think that Freakazoid just doesn't have his head in the game. I see that. Plus, he can be beaten by being you know trapped in a cage. Yeah, it, it, Axe Cop is almost his worst enemy because Axe Cop's deadpan is going to bore. He no sells him. Freakazoid, Freakazoid is kind of like the Joker. He needs to get a rise yeah, yeah. out of his opponents. And it's only because Batman is so stoic that that vexes him so. It vexes me. He, he, if Freakazoid doesn't bother Lobo yep. with his shenanigans, Freakazoid doesn't really have much going for him right well and freakazoid is always going to go for the shenanigans so imagine a long drawn out i'm doing shenanigans and my opponent doesn't give a shit yeah <laughs> he just cuts freakazoid through it all up. yeah but now could freakazoid beat captain planet the question i think mm. we've all been wondering since we became aware <laughs> of their entities I, i'm not entirely convinced that one isn't based on the other Ooh, now we're uh, somewhere <laughs> well they're very similarly proportioned because we've seen freakazoid do sort some like elemental ish powers right so captain planet fires fire at him he can like twirl tornado to to neutralize it kind of thing this is an unfortunate reality of the nature of freakazoid versus captain planet Mm-hmm. is that even if the characters are playing on similar power scales, the threats that they regularly face are very different. Captain Planet, his threats are all pretty grounded and environmental. Sure. And can be resolved with the use of one or perhaps two elements. Mm-hmm. Freakazoid's threats are more... Mixes piddlick adjacent <laughs> they're goofy they're weirdos they're yeah. weirdos that kind of break physics or just the sensors or something else so like freakazoid's threats i guess what i'm saying is captain planet would have his head in the game definitely mm-hmm. could freakazoid but do anything think... pollution wise or like blot out the sun or something accidentally yeah. <laughs> like, on a, long, on a long enough timeline, Freakazoid causes environmental catastrophe. Yeah, that's just that's just what he does. That's his nature. That's just what, that's what's around. That's okay? what starts the fight. But he wouldn't do it in a, in a concerted enough fashion to damage Captain Planet before he could, you know, give him the runaround. Captain Planet got taken down by a man what looks like an overgrown turnip. <laughs> that happened. Let's not forget that that happened. That's li- that's a literal read. <laughs> well, he was a literal turnip. <laughs> so I think that it's unfortunate, but Captain Planet just does not have the gumption to take down Freakazoid. You think so? I don't. I don't think. I think that it would be a mistake for Captain Planet to get into a fight with Freakazoid. Because, mm. like, 
Captain Planet never fights... Let me put it this way. Captain Planet never fights climate change. He fights, like, a oil refinery. Yep, yep. And Freakazoid very much is a force of nature. Yeah. He is is environmental chaos. Like, he is a concerted, like, Grant Morrison depiction of entropy. Okay? And (laughs) Captain Planet just can't deal on those abstracts yep that makes sense he, he he's not built for that kind of altercation whereas freakazoid is he's, adaptable he's literally built for us to be able to inhabit captain planet the power is yours the power is mine that, he's a hero that, that can't be true if the enemy is just all pollution or yeah all climate change or also like or I, you know he a said, man they what say, is usually a tornado they say he's gonna try and take pollution down to zero i'm picturing freakazoid just like holding up a chart that says pollution re, you know down to like a like a like a stonks graph pollution hits zero yeah uh, just refreshes man. up to the up to the top again i guess i'm done i also uh, i do like the idea though of uh, if they had to switch into their alter egos and just five teens beat up on dexter douglas <laughs> It's really good, actually. <laughs> Monty's in the back being like, we shouldn't use violence. We was like, shut up, nerd. No, his, his We're not on the clock like, right now. His monkey's going at him, too. Uh, cool. <laughs> Captain Planet versus Axe Cop. Oh, it's easy, Axe Cop. Axe Cop just wins. <laughs> he just... Of course he does. <laughs> I mean, like, what, what else could happen? <laughs> I mean, Axe Cop does deal on the, on the, on the extraterrestrial scale. Yeah, yeah. And Captain Planet doesn't even deal on the terrestrial scale. You know He's what, just outgunned. You know what does it? Is the constant use in X-Cop, the show, of, I said, in the world. That's this world. That's Earth. Right? But he's always on other worlds doing other shit. Like yeah, he, he rules lawyers the shit out of Captain Planet. He just one-ups whenever. <laughs> and Captain Planet can't leave the Earth. Captain Planet does not have a good lawyer. Otherwise, he'd you know deal with loot and plunder <laughs> before the you know manatees were in danger special shout out of best intro uh captain planet being court-martialed <laughs> <laughs> i almost included that but i decided close. it wasn't it wasn't yeah. quite there yeah but i think axe cop just the the um both freedom and focus of a character who is a pure good superhero who is also playing by playground rules like it's it's really a testament to the concept of yeah. Axe Cop is that it's it's created by a five year old and a five year old doesn't deal with it doesn't like to lose. Yeah, it, it, a con a conflict for a five year old is power fantasy. It's pure power fantasy, sure. pure Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. There isn't really um, conflicting priorities in a hero in the same way that you would later get in some some you know teen specific media For where sure. like the conflictedness is kind of the point yep yeah yeah so give yeah. it to axe cop it's axe cop baby <laughs> one day the scene of the fire the cop found the perfect axe that was the day he became axe cop excuse me princess the night of the fire <laughs> the fire so since we're already on uh think about silly things sure yeah i would like to put to you our next category best use of random humor ah yes i I suppose we will hit several of the same (laughs) i have curated several 
examples. Please. Uh, it's up to you whether you use the specific examples or whether you use the, show the overall show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I, I love it so when you bring specific examples. To give you a little bit, let, let's wet the appetite here. Let's let's at least lead into this. Random humor is a demonized term, I'd say. Sure. You oh, know, by you, us. You hear it, yes. You hear it and you think lol random humor. You think, you know, the uh, the perfect hair forever or aqua teen model of just throw some stuff around. The the Chef Brian yeah. uh, approach to making comedy fall out. Mm-hmm. That is not what I mean. What I mean is departure from the normal cartoon for the sake of a joke that otherwise wouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. So we are taking we're taking the reins to do this specific dumb thing. And there's not really lead in or lead out. Yeah. I'm having a hard time it's, describing it's it. Random, I think you'll get what I mean. It's random. It's it's outlier humor, right? It's it's random yes. in the sense of we had a trajectory, we blipped away for a second. So how good is the property at doing that specifically? Yeah. Here's my examples. From Axe Cop. This is just the one that came to mind. I'm sure you could come up with a bunch of others. Uh, when someone is described as half mummy, <laughs> half everything. <laughs> now, the random part of that is like, okay, th- th- these are not, they're not playing equal parts in right, the equation. It's, it's like a what, Captain what Simeon, half human, half black hole. <laughs> You, yeah, you have to go through so many mental leaps to, to even conceive of what that is. And what's great and is, like, even in yeah. that show where you're primed for randomness, that takes you. <laughs> like, like, that's just... Yeah. Because it, it, it demands an explanation or some sort of, like, you know, visual synthesis. Yeah. Like, what did you um, mean? <laughs> yeah, what did you mean? Okay, so that's the first one. Second... Freakazoid. <laughs> this joke still gets me. <laughs> they pan away from some drama or some some action scene to Cosgrove and Freakazoid standing outside of what is presumably a mint shop. <laughs> and Freakazoid patting his distended stump- <laughs> stomach while saying, that was one tasty mint. It does still okay. get me. <laughs> okay, what... <laughs> How how did that joke happen? What was the process? Mm-hmm. I guess that's another way to put this. What was the process? How did we get here? <laughs> yep, all right. Um, every, every piece of that slays me. And then I don't think it's too inobvious that the final contender is Robot Chicken. And, and oh, it sure. is, of course, the, the flow <laughs> from progressive joke. <laughs> <laughs> which like okay it's already a random show so one could argue that it was just kind of a you throw enough darts eventually you hit a bullseye yep. approach but it's it's so confident <laughs> it that, just like it knows yes. that you the audience will be on board for this even though Th- that's maybe exactly, you shouldn't be <laughs> that's exact so that's the way I mean these the random humor isn't because of the joke itself, it's the context. Yeah, in the yeah. mint one, it's it's showing the distended <laughs> stomach and making you go through those 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 leaps yourself. <laughs> and for the flow from progressive, it, it's such confidence 
that you are having a direct discussion with the writers. Yes. To which the only response is, yes, of course we've all been here. <laughs> of course we've all imagined a flow from Progressive yeah, yeah. giving you an HD. Uh, that's great. So okay. those are best use of random humor. You know, it's interesting because I think the examples that you gave, um, the best example of random humor is the robot chicken one, right? Like, because... <laughs> Why would that come up? Any part of it, right? Like it fits How is in that the, the first. They sell it, and it seems good in there. But you're like, these are Lego people. Flow from progressive hand job apocalypse. These four things should not be anywhere near each other. Yeah, there, there's a lot of Mad Libs. Kind uh, where, of, kind whereas of stuff you know, uh, Axe Cop, you know, the that, that concept's not too far outside of the norm. And Freakazoid somewhere in the middle because, like, yes, it's wacky Looney Tunes ish, but it's also a superhero thing. But here's the thing. If you zoom out to the whole show, I think in general, if we're looking at hits versus misses, it's the other way around. Axe Cop tends to have a higher hit rate. That's true. And and Robot Chicken, you know, throwing stuff at the wall. It's all outliers all the time. And they happen to That's true. get four of them close together. But I think, you know, I do... I do love the the Freakazoid Mint line. <laughs> but here's the thing. If that wasn't the first example of that, because that was, I think, episode one, where they do the Mint thing. But we later see Cosgrove do the same thing, right? The joke construction is, is there. And all of the random jokes, usually we see them a couple times. I think the sheer audacity and the fact that they were able to flip heads on a coin like 10 times in a row for one joke... I love that flow from progressive joke from Robot Chicken. <laughs> it is so good. Go back and listen to that episode just for that. It's the moment that I brought that to Zane's attention. He was clapping like a seal. It was at amazing. Sea World. I, I went and watched it. It hasn't left my mind since. <laughs> <laughs> She'd never be so clumsy, so artless. <laughs> it just so reads. It reads so organically as a conversation that someone in the writers' room had. Yeah, it's. It's so hard to improve on that joke, <laughs> even having a full canvas of every concept, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I guess that's the, the rub of it is like when we're talking about random humor, we could talk about how much of it is a departure from the regular yeah. form of humor. Um, or we could do it like on the metric of which one of them is in isolation the funniest. Um, yeah. But uh, I think that makes sense. I think it makes sense to go with the robot chicken one. Because even within the context of watching <laughs> robot chicken, that one stood out <laughs> a lot. Big time. Yep. Excuse me, princess. Okay, Ben. Uh, I'm right. not done talking about the concept of, of fighting just yet, but we're not fighting oh. these characters against each other. I want to put to you the best... Working man out of his depth fighting things from another world who is from New York specifically. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> it's weird that there are three possibly more examples of this. Uh-huh. Uh, shout out to Kaz Khan, who despite working is not a working man. Oh my god, I don't I didn't don't that was my initial thought. And Neo Yokio, not technically New York. <laughs> okay, sure, but all right, first okay, off. Okay, so we're not just talking about metaphorically New York. Like, you could conceivably make the argument that um, that uh, 
great teacher Onizuka was from a a, U, a, a New York a New of York. sorts. This is not just New York, but I, I didn't go and check specifically, but I'm pretty sure these are all Brooklyn. So, <laughs> uh, oh boy! First up, you think of Brooklyn. We all know how I feel about Brooklyn. You think of Wheeler from Captain Planet. Now we know that the. Um, <laughs> The inspiration for the Planeteers were from real people working on environmental issues, except for... And then Wheeler. Except for Wheeler, who was just like the creator's dad, who's just like a rough toughian. And everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to restore the water with my water powers. And he's like, I'm going to start a fire. <laughs> he's out of his depth, and the things he fight are like... Some of them are natural. Some of them are like the evil Earth Force. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> they do a lot of work to making Wheeler a protagonist in that. Uh, next up, we have Mario from the Mario movie. Oh, yeah! <laughs> fighting Bowser from another world. Uh, but Very they good. do go back to New York. Um, yeah. For the climax. And, just like Avengers. And we see. Mario can't win without Juicin. He needs those power up. He needs a. a he needs coaching. He needs specific mentorship from the princess. He needs to team up with Donkey Kong. He needs a billion power ups, and he needs to fight on his home turf. To he needs win. motivation. He needs he needs the uh, the moral support of his brother. <laughs> a tune killed my brother. <laughs> a tune killed his brother. Zane, in a different world, that could have been true. Ben, I know because it could have been Bob Hoskins again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the web we weave. <laughs> uh yeah and then the third one uh new yorker fighting things from another world it's venkman from the ghostbusters why venkman venkman specifically i think you know why because it's just Bill the Murray. accent <laughs> um no i mean technically i think he has like i think they all have academic credential credentials except for um zedmore you could use any of the ghostbusters but like right venkman is clearly not up to the task like emotionally like he is not mature to the point where he can wrestle with the uh the issues of monsters or aliens or ghosts it's just like i need a paycheck i have a gun <laughs> and I, isn't that the most new york thing of all i want to bring to your mind two references that kind of capture the same idea and i want to know how on the mark i <laughs> i recognize this is a complete tangent for no reason that's great for no reason for no reason. Uh, reference the first. You might not get this one. The IT crowd, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, features, you know, a bunch of Silicon, or maybe it was Silicon Valley. I can't remember which. Bunch of people from Silicon Valley are selling this thing, but they don't have people skills, so they can't sell it to the person who would finance them. Uh, one of their stoner roommates, <laughs> who, on a drunken bet, got into the patent for whatever they were doing. Oh, yeah. Is trying to, like, leverage that, and they don't want to let him in on it because he's not doing real, like, programmer work. Yep. And then he shows his grit uh, when he actually talks to um, the, uh, the, 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 the financier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's the first one. You might not remember that. Second one, certainly you remember it, from Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, Sure. And I know you know this because you talk about Blello all the time. Where, <laughs> uh, where, where, Malcolm and whoever the other Krellboyn is, uh, Steve maybe I don't sure. remember. Um, they 
patent like a cancer curing drug of some sort. Oh right. But they don't remember exactly what happened and it turns out that Reese fucked with it somehow by throwing a ball against a wall. Uh Reese is the other person in this Reese is the wheeler of that story. Okay, gotcha. Like <laughs> I'm not doing much science stuff, but I play a pivotal role, a I'm key throw, role. Throwing here. a ball at a wall. <laughs> Sometimes that's what gotta get done. <laughs> Thank you for en- entertaining yeah. me. Yeah, for- absolutely. Yeah, so who who's the best example of just a working man from New York fighting some weird shit? We've got Mario, Justin Wheeler, X and Venkman. Justin trying to get his kids back. <laughs> all right, all right. Mario, Wheeler, and Venkman. So remind me again the stipulation of what this category is. All right. It's kind of the, the most in all directions, right? How out of the depth are they against what kind of alien threat— uh, how t- tough and down in the dirt gritty is this guy? You know the 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 Joey Wheeler Award of Excellence in Yu Gi Oh. Okay, okay, no, 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 I've got everything I need. Yeah, uh, <laughs> as soon as you said the Joey Wheeler Award, I knew what you meant. <laughs> All right, who's the most Joey Wheeler? It's easy to say Wheeler, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> I I don't think it's true. I don't think it's true. I I think that Wheeler is out of his depth, but what we don't have is the redemption arc uh-huh you know he he's he wants to like you said he just wants to set stuff on fire and hit on linka and it happens I mean, to work look man relatable content i get it <laughs> across the board does it make him a good working man protagonist i say nay or at least not as much as the other ones now remind uh, for, forgive me if i'm misremembering some of ghostbusters lore uh, alongside Venkman, there is con artist, a.k.a. Robert Downey Jr. from Scanner Darkly in a different skin, Bill Murray. <laughs> and also the actual scientist. Is that right? I believe Venkman was the Bill Murray character. No, um, really? But you can pick any. You you want the hapless for, dumpy not guy? From, not from the... He wasn't Dan Aykroyd, was he? Uh, no, but the, the voice actors were different, but you know who I'm talking about. In the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon, there was the smart one yep. who actually cared. Yep. The Egon. Uh, is that what his name was? His name was Egon, yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought I was referencing the um, the, the the Captain Planet outro uh, <laughs> <laughs> avatar. Um, the, the Fred Snyder. No, Chief is the one I'm thinking of. Did Chief look like Egon? I'm getting off topic. Yeah, yeah, yes, but also, how are you? <laughs> how How is this uh, cogent? <laughs> it, oh, none of it is. Thank you for... Okay, the Ghostbusters, so, I'll say. Any Ghostbuster. They're any, all from New any York. Buster, <laughs> any Buster of Ghosts. Okay, I don't give it to the Ghostbusters, and here's why. In the movie, the Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and I think that they, 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 they vaguely reference the movie yeah the movie Um, is canonically their story that they that they sold to hollywood right uh so we are counting it okay i'm gonna count it now i still haven't seen the movie ghostbusters so um i don't remember his name but the caribbean ninja uh in ghostbusters glad we cleared that up earlier in the episode It's the only reason I'm letting myself make this reference. <laughs> I remember Dan telling us, thank you, Dan, for helping me out here, that he said, hey, man, I'll believe whatever you want me to believe as long as there's a paycheck. Mm-hmm. 
that's a working man. That that's the guy. But here's that's the thing, a fucking working man in the show. He's not really out of his depth. He's the only one who like knows what's what he's doing. <laughs> like he's a professional. Yeah, he's a professional. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 he he's not a doctor. He's he's got a um. He he went to he went to an apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 fanned the bellows. He he was in it. So which of the other so, two? Who are also able to cast fire from their hands? Remind me which one of the other ones. Mario were? Okay. and Wheeler. Mario and Wheeler. Okay. The quintessential attribute of Mario in the in the Super Mario Brothers movie mm-hmm. is grit. Yep. That is that is the be all end all. They're holding out for a grit. hero. I've been informed. He, he has no natural aptitude for what he's doing mm-hmm. none he gets beat the fuck up <laughs> by donkey kong for a solid while and he just gets it's, up back it's the up longest every time. time they spend on anything in the movie <laughs> gets back up every time yep that's the joey wheeler it's a him it's a him it's Mario. gotta be Super Mario. Yeah, yeah, and I like that because they really leaned into the Brooklyn of it they in do. the movie. Yeah, uh, it's it's like a lot of the film. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very important element to his character within that franchise. For Whereas him, with Wheeler, they kind the of film. try to abandon it. You know, he it's he's the token American. He's, it's so weird that he's the token one in a cast of wildly diverse cultures. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of funny and like kind of a flip it on. It was ahead of its time way. and before mm. its time. It was it was out of time, a little a little bit. Super Mario, Super Mario baby. Well, excuse me, princess. Only if he has good taste. <laughs> ben, uh, pick a category for me to have good taste in men about. I can do that. <laughs> All right. Zane, this is going to require some, tur- some some trudging through turbulent waters. I hate this. <laughs> uh, you are tasked with finding the worst teen. <laughs> ben, we've seen some pretty bad teens. Now, a lot of them in a you, single show. Would you would you believe that I did not choose Wheeler as one of these teens. Uh, well. <laughs> there there are some other contenders, mm-hmm. and I will leave it to you what counts as worst. Okay. Whether it be, like, the one you want to interact with the least, or the one who's most problematic for the rest of the cast, or the one who's just the worst protagonist. Sure. It's up to you. Love it. First off... Bitcloud from Zoids. Who? Exactly. Not real. Now, Zane, ben, Zoids Zane, didn't we, happen. Zoids was we, a dream we, that we had. We could have put that in the intro. We love, we love Bitcloud, and we don't know why. Yeah, it's kind of true. Because he's just such a loudmouth bullshitter yep. on a team of, <laughs> on an eSport team who's trying to be like, listen, man, that's against meta. You know, you're 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 not getting the counterplay right, and he's like, "I bet you never see a motherfucker do this," and jumps over terrain like a like a like a crazy person. <laughs> I don't think you heard me. I said I want to play Piranha Plant. I'm rising up. He, yeah, he never consults with his team. He's the worst esport team member possible. He's just somehow awful. he gets through it. He's awful and, on and, and off the field. And I will submit to you, 
that the fact that he consistently wins makes him worse, not better. Because <laughs> he doesn't learn. <laughs> he should learn. I love that, yeah. Second up, it's gotta be it's gotta be Bart Simpson wearing a tunic. <laughs> it's Link. <laughs> from the Legend me? of Zelda. Excuse me. Excuse, excuse me, princess. Um yeah, he he's just they didn't ever have a personality for Link. Uh-huh. And now we know why. <laughs> and we loved him anyway. I don't know why. Yep. I guess this, this category could be seen as worst teen that we love anyway. Right. <laughs> well, let's see how um, much we love the third teen of interest. The third one is Kaz Kanzay. Then I don't know if he's a teen. Oh, he's absolutely he a He drinks teen. alcohol. It's, it's, first of all, he's upper crust. Sure. Rules don't apply to them. Of course. Uh, secondarily, he's mentally 16 at most. <laughs> right. There's there's no argument that he's a functional adult. Right. I pass on that argument. So when we say the worst teen, are we saying in the context of the show or as a viewer, fuck this guy? <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I was sort of tending toward the latter. <laughs> it's up to you. It's interesting because I... Um, you know, I, I I I prepped for an extra possible category. I prepped for least self aware teen, and it's interesting that the, the they don't overlap these candidates at all. <laughs> really, what are the uh, what are the other ones? Uh, Wirt from uh, Over the Garden Wall. No idea how okay, people see okay. him. Uh, Taz yeah. because it's Taz. <laughs> and uh, I think that Taz is a nice boy. And Clover from Totally Spies again for obvious reasons. These three just have no idea what's going on. But I like the worst teen um, because I can't pick just one from Totally Spies. Uh, yeah, that'd be a hard one. Totally despise, I should say. You should. Yeah, <laughs> take you, that, teens. You can't. Okay. You can't. Kazcon. Yeah, please go on record for saying that you totally despise all the uh, the the one show with a female protagonist. I just think go for it. I just think that they would have been a little better characters more if they would home smile in the more. Kitchen. I don't. <laughs> okay, we both we both got there. Um, okay, so so Bitcloud, uh, Kazcon, <laughs> and uh, who was the third one? Link and Link, our good boy Link. Hey, <laughs> excuse me, princess. Okay, so I think it's it's it worth, is that long every time, it's, and it's always it's not that longer. nasally. Based on a Steve Martin bit, really, we're doing this? <laughs> okay, so I think it's worth looking at them in the context of their shows. Because we do see the people around them visibly irritated constantly. <laughs> yes. That, and I would argue that that is the fulcrum upon which the show rests. And it's the people closest to them who have to interact with them. <laughs> they don't have a choice. Now, now I'm Their thinking, skills are too strong. Now, BitCloud, he's having this Sundere thing with this other member of the team whom I don't even remember the name of. Mm-hmm. Of really any, I don't remember anybody else because it was just the BitCloud Chaos Liger Liger Zero show. <laughs> Liger Ultra, yeah. But, you know... It, Does that not make him a very terrible team, though? The fact that he drew that much focus... I'm imagining him, like, watching shonen anime and being like, oh, this is how I have to be, and not realizing the, like, you know, inner progress and, like, teamwork and all that, like... There's there's some inside out that needs to be done on BitCloud's side. Oh, God, it would it's chaos in there. It's just a void. Okay, 
Hang on. Let, let's let's pull it back for a second. Which of the five is the first among equals in BitCloud's brain space? Ben, here's He's, the... He doesn't care about fair. Fair is not a concept for him. Ben, he doesn't have a brain space. It's all STEM. He's, he's, he's reflexively going after danger, and that's kind of it. I don't yeah, remember a single characteristic about him other than that he's the worst. He's also a junker, and... Yeah, that's about it. Oh yeah, did that come up a lot in the in the show in the show Zoids? Eh, mildly. <laughs> See, here's the thing: it's not the Bit Cloud show; it's the Zoids show. Um, but it is the Bit Cloud show because the Zoids, there's no actual world building. So here's in Zoids. Yeah. So here's here's the interesting thing though. But he delivers, right? It's because I I, I see what you mean that it's worse because he wins, but like he does serve a function. To those around him right like he's it's it's like a dog <laughs> he's kind of like a mad dog sure. who who sometimes bites the guy who's gonna rob you but most of the right. time doesn't sometimes it's like gto sometimes you need that bazooka <laughs> yeah um and then um god why can i never remember the third guy <laughs> I, dude, I do it. This, I do it as well. Kazcon and Link. Link, Link, my good boy. So Link, he come to town. Yeah, he he came to town. You can say he, that for him. He wouldn't leave. Is the thing. So like, <laughs> it's interesting because most of the characters love Link. They think he's the bee's knees. They think he's doing great things for the kingdom. The princess kind of sees through this, and we'll kind of we'll get into that whole thing later. <laughs> If not for the princess, I'm pretty sure Link is just homeless in that show. Yeah, he's 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 just bumming around, right? Like he's just He like, doesn't have a there's no actual plan. Mm-hmm. It's very much he's he's very much in the context of that show couch surfing <laughs> and and within the the realm of Hyrule doing the equivalent of gay for pay <laughs> for his landlord. Which is which is slaying monsters right we and we do see sometimes zelda has to like pick up a boomerang or shoot some magic she's fine <laughs> she's better at it uh, and she gives us less attitude now Kazcon, he loses points because he's reesh he gains points because he's not really like he's not the 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 sort of reesh that's like actively hurting people like he means well he's the only one that means well I'm as opposed to big cons- cloud who doesn't mean I don't, I'm not, cons- I don't think that he means well. Like, let's, let's remember that Kaz Khan's contribution to society are, is twofold. He's rat catcher. The first, the first is being a rat catcher. Great. Yep. Uh, and the second one is being the face of a crazy boy. Okay. Oh, well that, I mean, unfortunately both- a failing business. It had to shutter. <laughs> the pandemic was Listen. hard on us all. <laughs> <laughs> I still maintain the idea it has merit, but, um. I don't. He doesn't do the rat catching because he's a hero. He yeah. does it because his, not even because it would benefit him in the socioeconomic kind of way. It's because his aunt tells him to, and he doesn't know enough about himself to say no. Yeah, <clears throat> Ben, I, I have two reasons why why BitCloud's going to win this. <laughs> okay. Reason one. The other two do still serve a, a pro-social service, whether they're good at it, whether they're happy about it, you know, whatever. Um, the second very, one is... Very consequence side ethics, but well, okay. Well, no, because here, here we're also going to look at uh, the backgrounds and 
you know, the nature versus, nur versus nurture. Yes, Link is a shitboard. Yes, Kaz is indifferent to the suffering of those around him. How could they be anyone anywhere else? Look at their upbringing. Look at how, how they became who they are. Link is living in the middle of nowhere, killing things for sport, for food, and for, what, destiny? And then he gets welcomed into a palace. It's unclear where Link was born. All we know is he come to town. That's, <laughs> to that's town. about that's about it. Like, yeah. it, uh, but I would argue like anybody would be like that in that situation. <laughs> um, sure. And Kazcom, you know what? Here's a point of uh, evidence for that. He doesn't respect authority in the form of a princess. It's, yeah. His, one of his defining traits That's is that true. he doesn't respect her authority. His other one so is that, that he could have... So that credence to the fact that he's not born in that society. The, the other factor that he could have gotten the Triforce of Power and ended this whole thing and chose not to... <laughs> That's actually oh, a point well, that's, in worst in his favor. Uh, no, I, I think that that he's just he's just in that grind set. Like that's his uh, look, man. He knows what side his bread is buttered on. As soon as there's no threat, to he, lo he learn he loses his room and board as soon as Ganon loses. Once he's off the table, what does Link do? Yeah, and then Kaz Khan, Aunt Agatha, Lexi and Gottlieb, Archangelo, everyone's just exploiting <laughs> exploiting the poor boy. Yeah, he tries to get out and he can't. So, like, he, I feel for I don't know if he tries to get out, but I will say he has a lack of clear paths out. Yeah. And BitCloud? BitCloud doesn't have to be an asshole. He, he wakes up every day and chooses violence. He, he's, he's just fucking just to fuck. <laughs> it I don't know if that's a thing. I, that's I'm not gonna, a phrase. <laughs> I'm going to make it one. Mm -hmm. Okay. BitCloud from Zoids. Bow-now. Well, excuse me, princess. Well, Ben, since we're already on the topic of some of these characters, uh, I do want to move into our next category, which is the best conspiracy theory. I didn't know that I did these. What's best conspiracy theory, Zane? <laughs> so our uh, candidates here. So from The Legend of Zelda, um, Zelda knows that Link will be unmotivated, right? If there's no external threat, he's just going to lay about the castle, eat the food, try and get with her. She needs to keep him focused. <laughs> and the way that she does that is by offering sometimes to kiss him. Now, when does she do this? When she knows magically that they will be interrupted. She is keeping him perpetually edged. How, uh, how did this conspiracy erupt? We were trying to figure out why she was, like, sometimes horribly offended even by the idea of kissing Link, and sometimes like, oh, okay, you can, but it always got interrupted. Nice. It's because she's got okay. magic. Uh, okay, okay, I'm in. The second conspiracy theory, speaking of Zoids, BitCloud is not in control of the Liger. The Liger selected him because he's the only person guileless enough... To just let the Liger be in complete control. <laughs> he, he lacks the Delta brainwave. He's just mm. he's just trying to eat a pineapple on a stick like Fry. <laughs> he's he's doing the thing that they did uh in early like motion capture demo for video games where like clearly they're copying what's on the screen and it's supposed to be mm -hmm. the other way around. Yeah, just do your thing, Liger. I'll be um, here to for Attaboys. From Dan versus <clears throat> 
So Dan hangs out with Chris, and Chris is married to Elise. Oh, yeah. Elise found Chris uh, to be the ultimate patsy, and he is just being kept around as, like, the ultimate fall guy for Dan, and also as, like, a focus so that she can go off and do all this other stuff, all this, uh, oh my uh, God. you know, espionage CIA shit. So every time we get to the conspiracy conspiracy thing, we have to grade it on a couple axes. Is the conspiracy right there on the page, in which case disqualified? <laughs> Is the conspiracy within the realm of possibility? That's second tier. And then the third tier is does, does add other stuff does other stuff in the work support the conspiracy? Mm. For Link, I think it's tier two. I think that it works if you let it, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Sure. It, what it, it what provides was the first some, one again? Yeah, it was. Uh, um, it provides some explanation of why they're acting the way they're acting. Um, yeah, it was. It does. Is Zelda, Zoids, and Dan versus Zoids. Um, I could consider it a three. I think it's still a two for mm-hmm. the reason that Zoids didn't have enough world building to necessitate deeper. Like there, there's, there's nowhere for it to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just. Is the Liger controlling him or is him controlling the Liger? <laughs> Neither of it matters. It yep. doesn't matter how it shakes out, and it's never going to be commented upon. It's just like a convenient truth that comes from the fact that BitCloud is so guileless. Sure. But for Dan versus, we had to posit, why is this hyper-competent spy with Chris? And how is it that they intersect plot lines so consistently yeah how does how does she help or hinder dan as necessary for the goals of her organization and the idea that you know chris's uh submissiveness is like a (laughs) weapon like the government found like the government was looking (laughs) at dan and is like this guy is causing a lot of problems let's just send in the team and they're like "Whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute I'm I'm gonna pull rank on you. We can use him. He can destroy we can, Canada. <laughs> we we listen. We can we can keep this threat contained. Look at what Dan is attached to. Is Chris, <laughs> a man who is the perfect cover for his wife to have, you know, all of the the spy stuff with none of the baggage. He never asked where she was. <laughs> There's no cost in her being found out because. He undergoes so much bodily harm that concussion is a very viable answer uh-huh. almost every time. Uh, it has to be Dan versus. It just it supports it so well. <laughs> it, it's actually you, it's a load bearing conspiracy theory. You need it to be true. If it's not true, the work doesn't really make sense. <laughs> but they never they never explicitly state it, and that's what makes it uh, that's what makes it good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, great conspiracy. All right. Well done, us. Yeah, good job. And thanks for Josh for uh, thanks to Josh for pointing us uh, uh, in the direction of that uh, of the of that work of that of that good show that we didn't it's hate, a very good show we didn't hate half enough of enough so couldn't be in that one. <laughs> Damn shame. But hey, you got your theme song played right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, excuse.
me, princess. Uh, yeah, what's next? All right. Um, there's a couple more that we could do. I'm pretty good to just end out with uh, the last category I really wanted to get to. I have, I have, that? I have two more. Um, but okay, you know, go, you know, uh, yeah, do do your next one, and then we'll see. Okay. <clears throat> My next one. This is one I've really been looking forward to. Best voice actor who steals the spotlight. Ooh. So these voice actors, within the context of their show, elevate that show to new heights. Mm-hmm. The show is fine, or maybe even good, but it's this injection of the voice actor that really stands out. All right. I actually have four because I wasn't able to choose. I think I know what a few of them might be. (laughs) The first is Jack Sheldon from Schoolhouse Rock. (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, Yeah, the run-on sentence kind of talk singing that accompanies mm-hmm. uh, conjunction junction or uh, I'm just a bill. Uh, Nuff said. Yep. Jack Black from the Super Mario Brothers movie. Beaches, 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 be- <laughs> I'll cut that in again. Yeah. Uh, also, Nuff said. Like, Jack Black just. And, like, it's not a good voice role. acting. It's not even a good performance as a voice actor. It's just Jack Black. It's just that he showed up, and that's what he and, he and he cared more than most. Well, it's the it's that he was chosen for the role most appropriate. Yeah, yeah. He is just doing Jack Black. Don't get it confused. <laughs> he's not doing a Bowser. He's doing Jack Black. Mm-hmm. But the movie created Bowser to be inhabited <laughs> by Jack Black. Uh, third is Nick Offerman as the deadpan axe cop. Oh, yes. This is arguably the most curated a voice actor was for a particular role. (laughs) It's hard to imagine anyone else kind of doing the same read. For sure. And finally, from Freakazoid, the part of Cosgrove (laughs) as played by the immortal Ed Asner. Well, he's not immortal as it turned out, but I understand what you mean. <laughs> the voice uh, is immor- the voice work is immortal. Ri- the the deadpan that can be rivaled only by the most offerment of Nicks. And you know, our intro to Freakazoid uh that episode wasn't great. We took a significant amount of time trying to get that voice and we were just like Can't be Can't done. Be, it's 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 not happening. <laughs> nope. Okay, we got some good ones here. Um mm-hmm. I think if I have to start making cuts you have to. Uh, I'm going to start. It's by, mandated. I'm going to cut Bowser because, okay. you know, uh, uh, some of these have become quite canonical. If I'm reading an Axe Cop comic, I'm reading it in Nick Offerman's voice. There's enough Bowsers out there. There's ba- Honestly, my brain snaps to the one from Super Mario Sunshine where he's like, you know, sheepishly trying to explain to his kid why Christmas isn't happening this year or something <laughs> <laughs> like I don't remember the exact details, but that look he gives is really, you know, haunting. Yeah. For, for a yeah, that, kid's game. I have responsibility that I never considered until this very moment. Yep. Um, okay. So, the, the, yeah, these are good. Uh, Cosgrove, it's, it's good. It's subtle, right? Like, it's a subtle voice performance in a show that doesn't have a lot of subtlety. And yet, unmistakably 
unmistakably Ed Asner. And, and, and necessary for the show, right? Yes. We need that counterpoint to Freakazoid. And it needs to be someone whom, in the hands of a lesser writer, you couldn't see that voice performance going with a good friend to Freakazoid. But Ed Asner threads that line between um, very deadpan and I'm okay with someone who is incredibly silly and flamboyant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's a hard that's a that's a hard crossroad to hit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and similarly, when we look at X Cop, when we look at Nick Offerman selling these lines of ridiculous things happening and being like that focal point that the show can revolve around, mm-hmm. um, you know, just just being able to say like, we need to go to Dinosaur Planet, and just like, yeah, man, we do. Like, you you need him to carry you, you on it. that ride. Yeah, it's the Nick Offerman show. Ben, it's... But Jack Sheldon, I don't think you have more than one season of Schoolhouse Rock without Jack Sheldon. Like, you can't go back and listen to it anymore. I I, I listened to a bunch of songs of, of Schoolhouse Rock. The The ones that have him versus the one that don't, it's such a cut above. It's it's elemental. Let me Let me put you through a hypothetical mm. you're on the computer you're preparing to do the schoolhouse rock episode you click on next episode buffers it starts up and jack sheldon <laughs> is not the vocal performer it's hard it's hard it's it's hard i mean if you rotate these guys right if you have nick offerman trying to sing schoolhouse rock it doesn't quite work does it I don't even know if he can sing. And I don't think he can carry a tune in a bucket. No, I'm pretty sure he's a classically trained Broadway performer. Mm. Am I thinking of the other guy with a with a beard? Oh, Hugh Jackman. I'm sure they're all on, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure they're all Broadway adjacent. Um yeah, it's really hard, but like I want I want to give it to Jack Sheldon, you know? <laughs> I know you do. Are you gonna give it to him? I think I think I have to because okay. not just because he was the voice of a generation, he was the voice of multiple generations because he kept coming on to do other shows, and you're like, that's Schoolhouse Rock. He made it Schoolhouse Rock in Johnny Bravo. It's just Jack Sheldon. Nick Offerman, you hear him without looking at it. You're like, oh, that could be Parks and Rec. You know, it could be, you know, whatever else he's been in. And, um, you know, Ed Asner, of course, has had a a variety of roles. He's just selling what he always sells. Jack Sheldon introduced that sound. He made it his own. It's inextricable. It it was kind of, yeah. I I, I don't disagree. I'm very glad that I didn't have to answer this one because I would have been very torn. That might have been the hardest one yet, to be honest. It's it's, it's really rough. Well, excuse me again, princess. Yeah, okay. Uh, my next one. This is mm-hmm. the character most immune from consequences. Oh, I mean, look, Kanada's probably the yeah, top so, of the list so, we're gonna, so far. We're going to start with Kanada, the immortal actually Kanada, who so a lot of shit happened in akira and most people ended up uh insane 
shunted to another dimension as a baby god or crushed by something. Yeah. Yeah, dead if you're lucky. Kanada kind of could have gone in all of these directions and just just was fine <laughs> and didn't even appear to have any sort of like post-traumatic stress disorder. He was just like, yeah, we're fucking Japan. Deal with it. Eat it. We we, we, st- we saved the world again. He is a whoop, 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 whoop elemental. <laughs> but cool, like a biker. <laughs> well, it, it, he's so unpretentious. Like he never pretends that he's king shit. He 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 says that to Tetsuo specifically. He fought a god with a gun, and then he went back because he's like, "Well, I had a pretty good run that first time. Let's try this again." Yeah, <laughs> got a fresh gun. <laughs> so many buildings fall on him. Like, yeah, he really abuses his immortality without recognizing his immortality. No credit is... <laughs> to fate. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Next up, we have Dan from Dan versus. Normally, when you declare nemeses <laughs> on the, at the cadence on the, on the reg, like because you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, which is the only side you recognize. Normally, mm-hmm. some of them take revenge on you back. No, it's a clean sweep every day. <laughs> and as we said, we know the government's looking at that. And we know right. he's a known quantity who like. I don't know. Did he steal something from George Washington's ghost? Did he like fight a werewolf? Like he's he gets around, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, here's the thing: he's not immune from bad things happening to him. He's immune specifically from the consequences of his own actions. That is very much true. He starts the snowball that that never comes back. And mm-hmm. finally, great teacher Onizuka. Now, he, he should be in jail, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, the immortality thing here, we need to curate to legal consequences. It's, it's, yeah, immune, okay, immune to consequence of your actions, and then, like, on a, on a physical level, <laughs> and then there's, like... Yeah. Well, you broke into somebody's house with a hammer, shirtless, in front of their teen daughter, who you've, you've been caught in a... The odd position. Compromising situation. Compromising situation. We have photographic evidence. You beat up some teens about it. And you tell them your name. And you tell them your job title. (laughs) (laughs) And you just take the hammer to their wall. And they're like, they're calling the cops. We see that happen. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like you're hard to find. You you led like an eight-hour car chase on the highway. (laughs) You are a known quantity. Your picture is in every convenience store with the caption, do not sell to this person. Don't let him in the store. <laughs> you're going to be, you're going to become an accessory. <laughs> so yeah, Dan, Onizuka, and Kaneda. Okay. Okay. These, first of all, well done. Top, top this is a great, choices. <laughs> this is a great category. I will say I have an immediate uh, exclusion. Which is Dan from Dan Versus? Sure. The reason is that the consequences are pretty mundane. Oh, sure, in, yeah. In the, in the context of the show, the werewolf's not going to fuck with him. You know, he's not in danger of getting killed. Mm-hmm. Like, he's at most going to be, like, running up a huge credit card debt or, like, being on the run for a while. It, yeah. It's not a fatal threat because the the show doesn't really traffic in fatal threats he's also not immune so much as bad things happening to him all receive the same level of attention whether they were presaged by his actions or not 
and he and he's not immune for them from them so much as he shunts them to Chris a lot of the time. Oh, sure, yeah. He's just... which, which I'm going to argue is not true immunity. Right, It's just yeah. playing the cards you're, you're dealt. You're doing the clone jutsu, I gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ, the, the Chris jutsu <laughs> is next here. But we got these um, anime guys, which, you know, <laughs> you're talking immunity from consequences. You, you're looking at an anime. I think I saw a video and the caption was like, the the travesty of the replacement jutsu <laughs> and like i very much wanted to click on it but i just didn't have the gumption because mm-hmm. it's something i've thought for a while okay so great teacher onizuka and kaneda vaguely the same character hang on a second <laughs> and links in there too somewhere but <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so immune from consequences i would argue that in akira Kaneda avoids greater consequences. Like, mm-hmm. the scale is just higher. So, like, the ability for him to weasel out of being blown up by a psychic, if you're just looking in a psychic mo- thing, like, okay, <laughs> well, anyone who's a character is going to have to avoid that. But if you're just thinking about it on the Great Teacher Onizuka level, like, that's some truly, like, next-level bullshit. Right. <laughs> Ben, he survives. However, a, he survives an atomic blast like multiple times. Yeah, yeah. It, it's fairly like it, I'm incredulous the degree to which he does not get hurt. But then again, the he's psychic, not the only one. Like his girlfriend he survives. Is the only not his one. girlfriend, but the other woman survives. Kay. No, she doesn't. She, didn't she? No, she get crushed. Oh she no, she get the crushed o- under the other, under other flesh one. metal. The one who was in love with the guy with the porn stash. <laughs> that could be any number of people. <laughs> um, so yeah, if we're just talking like pure numbers, he's more immortal. However, GTO, Great Teacher Onizuka. <laughs> I think it's important to point out he does not survive these catastrophes. He is undoubtedly <laughs> the protagonist. He is the winner of these mm-hmm. catastrophes. The end of the episode has him achieving greatness. Yeah. <laughs> He's and, immune to the consequences of us judging a character who we should hate. <laughs> He's not merely immune. He turns it into it's a it we we call that a a reflection jutsu we, perhaps. We call that yeah, we call that an opportunity. So I'm I'm a little bit torn here. Like, are we talking about immune from the greatest amount of consequence or turn what should be consequences into bonuses? <laughs> like he's I got hadn't that even one considered. Guillot- he's got that one guillotine card that's like, all your negatives are positives. <laughs> and you're just like, that changes so much. <laughs> the fact that he, like, he's able to wiggle out, um, like, with, with, with Kaneda, like he invites it on himself. Um He doesn't okay, so here's here's the clincher. Kaneda does not realize that the consequence is coming. Uh-huh. He doesn't he doesn't recognize that consequences are headed his way. I will argue that it would not change his outline if he knew that he could probably die. Yeah. GTO both sees the consequences coming 
and is visibly panicking through all of the episode. And always, in your terms, chooses <laughs> violence. He, he recognizes that consequences are coming his way and yeah. is like, I gotta be me. I gotta do this. Let's spank some high schoolers. And you know what? He's also, like, he can be whatever man he needs to for the occasion. <laughs> like, yeah, my, I'm immune from my backstory needing to make sense where I'm, you know, an unknown quantity, but also king of the punks, but also a high school teacher. <laughs> so let, let me let me put it this way. Kaneda doesn't see the consequence coming and is immune. Onizuka sees the consequence coming, panics about it, and then push it, then pedal to the metal, pushes the throttle into the problem, and then is immune from that conflagration somehow. We only ever need to solve the original problem. All problems coming from after that. Can you can you tell me like so he Okay. So if, from my vague memories he spanked a bunch of high school girls. Yeah. And was going to get brought up on charges or thrown he out of school or something. showed up in a bear costume and says like this. He showed up in a bear <laughs> costume, Zane, and tried to try to say try to play the PTA member yep. in Rock'em Sock'em Robots. That was his answer to the consequences. Here, here it wasn't to ignore it. It was to run straight into it. Yep. And what he did to avoid the consequences was was non I'm, it, I'm gonna, it didn't it didn't didn't help i'm gonna put it this way kaneda is able to get uh uh, uh to roll a one out of 100 he like he'll win a 90 a 99 chance against regularly onizuka gets as many mulligans as he wants <laughs> he doubles down past the point at which it would be logically considered mm-hmm. a good idea to double down and he still gets out scot free. I got to give it to GTO. We got we got to do he it. He accelerates into the consequence and somehow still comes out the other side. It is That's my honor clincher. as a member of this institution to give one of our most cherished prizes to this sex criminal. <laughs> 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 I'm just trying to make my job easier for next year's super cut over Yeah, up. listen. <laughs> I get it. Excuse me category before the final uh this one i'm gonna pull from alex once again thank you super fan alex for the we've been meeting to get to that award <laughs> so over the course of the carton cast history yeah. there have been a number of times that we've mentioned shows that we later much later came back around we, to. we have been trying to close some some open circles <laughs> and we've been mildly successful at that yeah uh, this is, I guess you can choose your own standard here, but I'm thinking like both like a combination of what was most foretold and for how long and whether it, you know, met the, the hype. Oh, that's great. So from the very beginning of the podcast, we tried to do it. <laughs> Didn't happen for a while. Is that an Tasmania. Any? Oh, okay. No, it wasn't. That would have been a di- good one from a different year. <laughs> But Tasmania, Tasmania, yeah, from, we were I we think were from, worse at pirating media back then. We've gotten a lot better. At I mean, it, it wasn't on Netflix back then. That's what we meant. That's what we said. <laughs> uh, so that's the first one. Yeah. Uh, the second one is something we talked about a lot before revisiting one of our reheated segments. 
Samurai Jack. Yeah, you you can go back and listen from episodes of like when it came out. Like, ooh, yeah, we should hit that soon. Yep, <laughs> soon. Yeah, we yeah, said. yeah. That was in the teens or something. <laughs> but we got to it, and then finally, of course. How long have I been talking about Inside Out without understanding what Inside Out was? Oh, forever. (laughs) It's been a long time. I think if you were just judging it on how often did I bring this up, (laughs) Inside Out has got to win. Yeah. So that that one, according to Alex, and I believe him over my own logic, is uh, eight years in the making. Now, I want to give an honorary mention to the real Ghostbusters, because way back in like year one... I made a Word document of like, ooh, we should get to these. And it was on there. And I was just always was like, it? it's not the right time. But then again, I think it might have been the other Ghostbusters, Filmation's Ghostbusters from that year. <laughs> we were busy. We were hosting an intergalactic kegger at the time, if yeah, I remember so let's correctly. Yeah, so let's look at these kegs I, I need to ca- tap. Kegs I need to tap. <laughs> that was cool. Cack, cack. <laughs> um <laughs> So we have Tasmania. <clears throat> so Tasmania, we meant to do in the first year. Um, and we, we, we subbed out Tiny Toot Adventures. And looking back, it would have played better had we done it the other way around. Right? Like Yeah, we would have had a lot more to pull from in context for Tiny Toon Adventures. That said, you know, despite its age, there, there are some good and some not as good parts of the old Tiny Toon Adventures episode. Whereas... The Tasmania episode, I think, is is a little more forgettable. It felt comp- compulsory. Um, I don't perfunctory. It was perfunctory. Plus, we did a bunch of WB stuff around the same time, and it just didn't have very much special uh, to to recommend it. Um, I recently watched a video um, by I think Patrick Willems is the YouTube creator, uh, or he more, did it Mo on... Willems. More problems is what I said. <laughs> you have said that a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think he he had a video where it was like, what what are the what are the Looney Tunes nowadays? Like, what does it mean that they keep trying to bring them back and it never quite works? Um, yeah. And he mentioned Tasmania and it just like in the least passing possible. Um. So then Samurai Jack, I think I don't think there was ever any like doubt that we would get to this at some point. It it was kind of. We recognized that it lost some of the magic and gained some different magic, and I thought that that was always going to be good to talk about. Now, I'm, I want I want to know uh, briefly as an aside. You know, way back uh, when we when we started, uh, Samurai Jack was an early pick by me, and you said that might be too good or too popular for us at this stage. Do you think if we had hit it all at once uh, after the fifth season came out that it would have there been are different shows? Totally no, different. They're different yeah. shows. Yeah, I, I think that it was. I think it was right to do it this way. Yeah. And I, I regret my uh, reticence at the time uh, yeah. after the fact because um, it's not too popular. We've done more popular stuff, and it, it's been the fine. show. The, our show could have gone in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, we kind of just did whatever we felt like, and vi- and like it's freeing. Like, it we 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 grasped at definitions as we were yeah. swimming through them. Now I I have a strong inclination toward Inside Out because it nothing justified us saying like ooh we should get that. It's you talking about it a lot. like like we brought it up frequently. <laughs> it it's such convenient. It's such elemental convenient shorthand that even though 
even through the prism of just seeing posters of Amy Poehler's character, yeah. I was able to get so much of the movie that yeah. I was like, I can use this as reference material. <laughs> but it turns out there was a lot more going on. <laughs> There was, there was. Um, and that, that was a great payoff for me personally to, to watch. Oh, yeah. So I'm definitely cutting Taz. Um, I think Samurai Jack, it's, it's, it's possible. I think I always knew that we would get to that. Whereas, you know, Inside Out, there are a lot of Pixar movies we could have hit. We don't want to. There like, are. We, we, we didn't want to go to like do a ton of them. And there's a Could've ton up. that are worth, you know, analyzing and investigating and, and talking through. But I'm really glad we hit Inside Out and I'm really glad w- w- that we did wait, right? Like, there was investment there. There was a willingness to say, like, okay, we've talked about this a lot. Let me give it the yeah. fairest viewing I can. And I, I think it was better for it. It's always hard coming to a property that has been talked about so much in the preamble because y- you often find that it, it can't live up to the hype, even though the hype was kind of self-imposed by me, you know, <laughs> talking about it eight years before I would see it. Yeah. Uh, and it just speaks to the quality of it uh, that I ended up liking it as much as I did. Yeah. Yeah. So inside out. Inside out. Uh, so, Ben, I have one more category left. Let's have it. Ben, this is our best hot take. Ooh, nice. <laughs> so, I, I think I know one of mine. So this is an opinion that we voiced that we were completely in agreement on. <laughs> unreasonably, <laughs> unreasonably confident about. That the general populace, I'm sure, would disagree about, right? Now, <laughs> as an example of what this isn't, uh, the Mario movie. We gave a review of it the day of that it came out. In the month since, a lot of reviews, a lot of like uh, uh, reactions, a lot of consideration has gone. Pretty much everybody said the same thing that we did. Yeah, like I, I've seen a lot of people. I've seen a, a couple people in the YouTube space uh, kind of saying that it's awful, and I'm like, I don't feel like we watched it with the same pair of eyes. It's too woke. It's not woke enough. Yeah, I, I, the discourse. <laughs> Ugh. These are takes which they're, they're our best hot takes. Number one. Totally Spies. Not that sexual a show. <laughs> People watch Totally Spies or see you know ads for it. And they're like, this is porn. This is softcore porn. You, you've handed a maxim to an 11-year-old. That's what you've done here. But actually, when you Listen, grade on the curve of... Canadians mature faster. This is obvious. That when you grade on a curve of... One, <clears throat> this was designed from the ground up as, like, advertising. Like, it was originally, like, a girl band, like, by some producers. I'm uh, sorry, Zane, I need to cut in here. I would always grade on that curve. <laughs> Just for all situations. Every... Continue. Um, number two, on the curve of this is clearly anime inspired. There's a lot of just porn adjacency in anime. <laughs> Listen, Clover didn't ever get tentacle titty fucked. Yeah, well, not not in the show, but in, not the in so many words. <laughs> in the expanded canon. <laughs> Can we... We don't censor ourselves, okay. but I don't know if... <laughs> yeah, that, that's a bit much even for the context of the show. Bleep it out, it'll be funnier. <laughs> I think it's funny the way it is. And also on the curve of, this is French. 
you know how the French are. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, the, 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 the website that we found where it's like, here's an example of all the fetishes and we go through and it's like, they're wearing like 60s clothes. That doesn't count, man. There's, there's mime rays. Like there's other important stuff <laughs> happening in this show that's not just like <laughs> sex for kids. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, it's it's only sex for kids if you come to that conclusion before watching it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Neo Yokio, it is absolutely satirizing rich people. Now, what other read of it could there be? Here's the thing: when I when I, I went back and I looked at uh, interviews and stuff like that and reviews, people say, "Yeah, this does seem like it could be a satire." But the 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 creator, right, the lead singer of Vampire Weekend, said it's not a satire. No, 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 no. What? But here's the thing: you watch this show; it's a satire. Who are the the two people most likely to lie to you in this or about Neo Yokio? Are the in, the lead singer of Vampire Weekend and Jaden Smith? <laughs> These are yeah, not Jayden trustworthy Smith sources. Is not a, <laughs> this is not a valid narrator. This is not a trustworthy narrator. Who who do you think would lie? He's the to one you who's being satirized by the thing he made. I think it is possible he didn't know. The guy from Va- I got I gotta learn his name. Vampireman, M- Mister Weekend. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Third, here's how you write the ending to Samurai Jack season five. No Aku. Aku, the voice actor, passed. Aku's gone. You can't go back, back to the past, Samurai Jack. (laughs) You just have to realize we rallied the forces of a world that we changed bit by difficult bit. And now, rather than retconning, we need to learn how to live and rebuild going forward. And also, Ashi, this isn't a sex thing. You're more like a daughter to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay okay are we looping that all into a single <laughs> thesis <laughs> i i don't i don't think i can negotiate down from that <laughs> okay 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 um so are we are we grading this on hottest take or like is it like the least likely to be true or is it the most outrageous? Which which are we talking about here? Which thing if somebody gave us pushback and they would have good reason to, would we be able to defend and say no nope, this we feel is how most, we're doing it? <laughs> would we feel most confident about saying no this is canon? Because we had to prepare being like our argument because we figured somebody would call us on this. That's actually very interesting cuz like Super Mario Brothers movie while watching it I was like I was like, not like this is clearly not a movie for adults, and most and mostly adults are. I mean, maybe not mostly, but a good amount of adults are going to watch this and being like, "That's not a Mario I respect." <laughs> um, Get and they're just in here. straight He'll up. Wreck this. <laughs> they're this just up. straight up wrong. Yep. So, like, in terms of how confident I am pushing back, hundred <laughs> percent for Mario. <laughs> like the old people are just wrong. Parents just don't understand. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and and speaking of Will Smith and his progeny. um, (laughs) So, Neo Yokio. Somebody comes up to you and says, hey, Neo Yokio, they're they're playing this straight. They're trying to convince us that it's cool to be a rich guy. God damn it. Because, like, (laughs) okay, 
I'm of two minds about this, <laughs> which means I think I'm probably going to cut this one from the running. Um, because on the one hand, I can't envision a competent read of it that isn't satire. Mm-hmm. But it like, is there, possible that true... it wasn't competent. That that's that's the rub. Because remember, he's from what I understand from Jaden Smith's Twitter, he is somewhat of an egomaniac. Sure. I don't know how self-aware it is, but I could engage with the possibility that this was intended straight. Sure. And just talking about a cast who is entirely gay. And just every <laughs> well, and just every person with a potential thumb on the scale. Like, didn't get it. They failed that insight role. No, no, no. They lied to him. They were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. You're definitely cool and definitely <laughs> eligible bachelor and rich. being rich is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't worry about these notes I'm writing in the margins. Oh, the, 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 the robot butler thing? That's all, like, deep world lore. It's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't cut it. Sorry. Yes, you have to speak down, talk down to him as though he's a dog. This is just how people um, talk in the Hamptons. <laughs> <laughs> the panty shots. Yeah, so I can consider a possibility space wherein that was the original intent. Mm-hmm. So I will cut that from the running. Totally Spies was not that sexual. It's not unsexual, but I, like look, I'm not to Kim I'm not Possible, Canadian. it's no worse. Well, it, that that's the thing. There's there's a there's a language barrier, an animation language barrier here. Where like in the Western, look if if you're trying to convey sexiness to a child in the states. You gotta get those. Are you giving hits. tips? What's the what's this prologue to? Believe me, I'm only giving tips. Um, you you can't set the ball up like that, man. Onizuka. <laughs> um, you gotta have those Hartman hips, mm. right? Because we can't actually put like a statuesque bayonetta on the screen, or else Why not? kids will get confused. <laughs> well, see, that's that's what the that's what Canada's rejoinder was was. <laughs> Uh, we made a superheroine out of a prostitute in the form of Cyber Six. From the vague notions I remember about Cyber Six, which show was called Cyber Six. Right. So, like, the 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 metrics are a bit different. Mm-hmm. That being said, they might not have sexualized Totally Spies. They did stereotype them pretty hard into girl archetypes they, they, they in a Charlie, way that wasn't particularly fun. They Charlie's Angel did to a large degree. Like, they took so much from Charlie's Angels, and Charlie's Angel yeah. is supposed to titillate. Absolutely. And, like, even if that wasn't the the stated the stated goal, uh, it's still guilty by association. Mm-hmm. Sure. So we cut Totally Spies. So that leaves Samurai Jack. <sighs> Samurai Jack or Mario? Well, no, Mario was my example of, like, that's not a hot take. Oh, really? Yeah, because, like, everybody agreed Oh, because everyone agreed. Yeah. Because everyone agreed. Yeah, Samurai... Samurai so it's just Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack of we... We, cha- we changed the plot. We edited it to be a better version of itself. Not that the... No. I'm sorry that we saw it no, was no, bad. No, 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 no. You know, you know what? It's not a hot take. Everyone agrees that the Samurai Jack... Uh, finale was bad. But but when you read what people say about how to fix it, it's not this. <laughs> mm, I don't have as much of a degree in that. Then again, I, I, I think most people would say, like, you know, oh, we got to put Scaramouche, you know, in there more. 
Oh, I think only one person tried to argue for more Scaramouche yeah, and I, was soundly rejected by himself. If you look at this bot army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, given the context of they didn't know how to fix it and the solution is so obvious, I will give it to Samurai Jack. Jack, Jack, Jack. But I will say, look, man, I'm biased. I think most of our hot takes are usually right unless they're hyperbole for it's, the sake of comedy it's hard to argue against a straw man when no one is actually putting forward the straw man argument <laughs> yeah we just have yeah, to imagine just, it and then respond to it there's no scarecrows here it's just bales of hay but conceptually I, th- I think we had some pretty good like like we're we're versed enough in cartoondom now that we can say like this was the problem here's how we fix it or like this is the wrong read this is the right read <laughs> Yeah, I feel pretty confident in terms of, like, the ways to fix these things. Like, not across the board. I don't have a PhD in certain subfields of animation. But we've seen enough to know what works and what is misguided. Yeah. And certainly Samurai Jack finale was a misguided attempt to, quote-unquote, finish the story in a way that missed the point of the story which is that it's not really a story that can be finished Mm -hmm. it's it's a journey that has to have a conclusion certainly but that conclusion doesn't need to be that like that's the worst that's the worst kind of tall tale where you have an intended um an intended finale from the protagonist at the start and it doesn't change by the end yeah that's that's just a very unsatisfying character arc. Yeah, yeah. You changed. I your wanted character. to do a thing, and then I did it. <laughs> How do you get that good? <laughs> practice, practice, practice. Cool. Well, excuse me, princess. Well, excuse me, princess. Well, excuse me, princess. Well, excuse me, princess. And that, yeah, so yep. that is going to bring us to our uh, best episode. So um, Won't it, though? Now, we don't need to do a best uh, movie or a best, uh, you know. Just loop them all in. Un- we don't, well, also because it's obvious what our best non-traditional episode was. It was Space Jam. And uh, it's obvious what our best movie episode was. <laughs> It was Inside Out. Space Jam. Oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's, that's what I meant. So are we doing exclusively non-movie, non-traditional? Or uh, either way, if you or? if you think that the uh, movie that we did was particularly excellent, but I, I went for just neither. Neither what? Uh, uh, the, the two that I have are not those, so. Okay, okay. I'm just going to go straight up best episode, okay. if you don't mind. Yeah, well, what, what would you like to start with then? This hasn't made it into our top into our countdown yet mm-hmm. despite the fact that i think it was a very good episode and it's very important for our carton cast canon the boomerang bonanza yeah you guys know me i love going back to the yogi bear era of veiled racism and not so <laughs> not so tightly edited attempts to make the script match with the animation i loved seeing I love seeing the cutting room floor that mm-hmm. was just not cleaned up in the 60s. <laughs> and it was it was really like the variety yeah that we went through all of it. Uh I think that we really 
we, we really hit a lot of high points in that episode. Yeah, like we, th- we kind of slingshotted from one to the other. Like we hit, we, we, we knew we had something to say about Augie Doggy and Dear Old Daddy, but we didn't know what it was. We found it quickly. We did. We, we found the line. And, and we, and we found a snagglepuss where none was expected. Yeah. And that's a rare and beautiful gift, Zane. <laughs> You're just walking along, and then all of a sudden, oh, my life, I didn't realize. Um, Heavens to Murgatroyd. I, I think um, the... the... And, then, and, and then, of course, we finished with Wacky Races, which we could not have planned that better. <laughs> that we found the Italian version. The Italian bird. Everyone's had the a Italian ride. bird. <laughs> She's rancid. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think one of the best uh, advantages of uh, that episode was because we just took one short episode of each of the shows, the specificity, which is a huge boon yeah. in like improv, uh, being able to just target like, wait, this and just extrapolating out to the whole thing because these are simple cartoons that we could do that for. Um, it's also why most of our movie segments tend to be it does help a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the boomerang bonanza. Ben, I I'm sorry. This one was also on my list. Oh, <laughs> I nice. also think that this was one of our best episodes uh, for the reasons that you stated. Because in person, you get that energy going. We were just very like in tune about our opinions on all of it. And also, just like watching Hong Kong Fui and being like, "Is this a supercut or is this just what the show is?" I don't. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know. <laughs> there was no way to gauge. Like when when technical issues lead to some of the best uh uh comedy i think that's that's really great like you can't it is really good now you can um i can try and find a backup but my other uh top if you don't mind my other top one uh mm-hmm. is neo yokio a, a favorite of our uh <laughs> of our cartoni awards uh this this fine evening we seem to like it a lot it's just i i vaguely knew what the show was gonna be like like i had seen it but it had been a while you were coming in blind and you just had to say like you're like you're 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 you were nonplussed at every new thing you learned about this and every new quote or tweet from jaden smith just like drew you further into this like den of mysteries like they meant what about this (laughs) yeah who's in charge of this i think that the moment that it stole my heart was when they said hikikomori <laughs> and continued to say hikikomori without ever defining it. Yes. And, and I was just like, it's like they, they they know they know me. They know on you. a deep level. They made a joke in the show that enables you to also joke about the show, but the jokes you make aren't just references. Like they're not just like callbacks. Like yeah. you can, like you can, you can make it your own new joke. It's fantastic what they've done here and what we were able to so do with good. it. Um, okay. So, man, it's so difficult. I I want to do a couple like shout outs just because like, like I don't want to put it up on good things. Apps, but, yeah, yeah. Like I I want to just shout out. I think that. James and I talking about Mob Psycho 100 is like one of the most fun I'd have. Just like, I have a lot of thoughts that I just need to say. Like, I haven't had so much fun with a just an unloading, an unburdening of my soul sure. since the <clears throat> Hunter Hunter. Um, since the Hunter Hunter episode. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, and um, you're lucky that I wasn't on that episode because I would have slowed it all right down because I'm just like, 
like I think it's a, a good show, but I don't have a lot to say about it. That's, and that's such a wild read, but I respect it. I feel the same way about Demon Slayer, if anybody would like to at me. Oh, I mean, and I'm Demon not on Slayer Twitter, so you're going to have to, like, come up to me in the street and, like, smack yeah, me a little. Demon Slayer is mid. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Yes, I know the internet went crazy for it. It's okay. It's okay, <laughs> though, guys. You're okay, though, guys. We're fine. Uh, my second, and... I'm pretty i I'm pretty firm in this one. Okay. Akira. Ooh. Yet yeah, talking about Akira was like uh, it, that was some deep carton cast. <laughs> we we really need to dissect this work. Yeah. Like that that was there was too much meaning behind it not to take a scalpel to the whole thing. And we did not even come close to scratching the surface of the iceberg with that scalpel, which one could argue is not the right tool for the job. Uh, you know, the Titanic sank for a reason. Yeah. It was all those doctors on it. <laughs> uh, so, but then there was like just like a lot of moments where you're like, I, there's, there's, there's a weird like English on this articulation that I can't really it's It's, grapple it's with. weird to have a piece of media that has been so analyzed and dissected and you still come to it and just not have words for it and have to re recreate it from scratch. The way that I like to phrase this is that when we were talking about that, the music kind of sometimes fits like a glove, but other times fits like <laughs> a glove without a hand in it, <laughs> like a glove full of meat. Yeah. And then we continually referenced a meat and in glove moment the rest of the episode. Yeah, because it's uncanny what that movie does to you. <laughs> It's yeah, I've recommended it to many people since then. Mm. Nice. And maybe that's just a credit to the actual movie and not our episode, but we did a good read of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I think if I'm also going to uh pick a movie, <clears throat> I think that the Inside Out episode was top-notch. Um but like you coming to it for the first time and like having feelings immediately the, when I yeah. went back and watched it, it was amazing. Um, Chrissy, like, she had seen it before and then, like, was doing some other stuff and, and joined me about halfway in and was, like, also so engrossed because it's just a really yeah. good movie. Um, but, yeah, just the the way that we were able to talk about the way things hit us and the really clever things that the movie did and, and being able to call those out, I feel like we were on the top of our analytical game. Um and also, I want to just shout myself out. The edit on that one, I think, was really good with the music. I the the moment where we cut away from what we were talking about, like the actual scene, to like the moment that that marble comes out, and we both just kind of like <laughs> flipped our shit mm -hmm. is is hard to overstate. But I will also say, it wasn't just blanket praise for the whole thing. There yeah. were scenes in there that we were like, I don't know about this one, <laughs> like. The, the 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 back to back dream sequence nightmare uh, prison yeah like some extraneous details the imagination land pretty unnecessary like there were the, the floating islands like, that need to be destroyed there yeah there oh man I had such a fun time trying to like argue about that but the 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 fact that we could concisely say like which parts of it were extraneous like which parts of it were like some of this movie's just Pixar being a Pixar movie. Yeah. Yeah, they know and what they're doing. you just got a deal. 
well, not not merely that they know what they're doing, but like I know what they're doing, and it lets it yeah. pass without it, incident. Yeah, it, it it makes it easier to to discuss it, and it helped that we were kind of at the same emotional affect throughout it. It um, oh yeah, and the fact that the movie gives you the vocabulary you need to talk about it is is really cool. <laughs> That's the thing. It, it's kind of the Akira situation. The movie is so good that it's hard to it's it's hard to argue that we did a good job. Yeah, like the good job was kind of already there, and we were just around for it. And they, they're kind of opposites in the way that they do it because Inside Out tells you how to talk about it. Like it's very on the page what it's about, and Akira yeah. is really not. Like you watch it and you're like, I understood a third of the scenes that were happening yeah, and why they happened in that order. But there's more movie here. <laughs> um, so yeah. I think I, th- I think our, like, here's the important parts. Here's what's not. Here's what you kind of paper over. Here's from the manga. Like, I think the analysis that we did there was very helpful. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> so, Ben, um, <clears throat> I have to say, between the two options, I liked the boomerang bonanza a bit more. I liked, I liked the flow of one into the next. I like our incredulousness at the method of transportation of secret squirrel coming in on the London <laughs> fog. I love our, 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 we stand a dick dastardly and his obsession with like dressing up as little Red riding hood's grandmother for no reason. I, I gotta shout myself out on this one. The notion of we looked up wacky races and we could only find it in italian and i executive decision said this is perfect it was one of the best gut calls you've ever made (laughs) i agree (laughs) in perpetuity that'll be true for the rest of my life (laughs) what about between Um, uh, inside out and uh, neo yokio inside out yeah that's that's my second gut call take what (laughs) take from it what you will inside out Inside Out is really, like, obviously it's a great movie. I also think that us coming to it in our aggravated age of, you know, early 30s and like, yeah. hey, we we didn't actually get a Bible on how we should emote as children and we're getting it now and it's new and beautiful and strange. Mm-hmm. And also we want to talk about how funny it is that Louis Black is so calm. Yeah, like, yeah. there's just, like, so many elements of it that hit us specifically well, also, that like, I think elevated the episode. Our our analysis of Inside Out is a good thing to give to a parent who doesn't understand why their child is really into a thing, whereas our analysis of Neo Yokio is for no one. <laughs> We're just talking to the haters. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, talking. Yeah, it's just the diss track. I love talking to the haters. They always have something interesting. It's like, you, you always have... You can always think about what they're saying. Yeah, always, always pretty cogent and measured analysis. That's from what I like about them. <laughs> yeah. Now, Ben, is that a satire? Uh, in the same way that Neo Yokio was a satire. <laughs> um, so between uh, the Boomerang Bonanza and Inside Out, it might just be because it's shorter. But I've definitely listened to the Boomerang Bonanza more, and I like, I just think that was like front to back, very nice and and. I love listening to it. I think it's great. Look, I think man, we, we're, it's we're in the zone. It's tricky because we're in the zone in both of them in different ways. We we have a different metric when we're listening to a movie sure. and, and going through it. And I wouldn't argue that we came up short when doing that. No. But in pure peak carton cast, I mean, come on, man. 
we 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 hit some <laughs> some heroes and zeros in the boomerang era we i mean I, I have more of a fondness for it than you do but going back into the dregs of animation before censors understood what racism meant yeah <laughs> it's it's just so rewarding yeah and it, it, it's it's what I love most about this podcast is like being able to go back into He-Man and being like, his name was He-Man. <laughs> and no now, one found that weird at the time. Discuss. Yeah, <laughs> like, <they're> just like... <laughs> Every, Every time, time I think about it, that. it gets weirder. <laughs> Every time we can do that with a property is is wonderful. And the fact that we just did a, oh, a medley. Off the cuff. And we did it off the cuff and... I don't think that there was any element of it that didn't sell. Yeah. So, yeah. Best episode, Boomerang Bonanza. Also in person, which helped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, And the difference between like doing research on Inside Out and taking notes about the plot and having things to say about psychology versus... And I had a very frantically, <laughs> frantically had looking a very... up the production history of El <laughs> Kabong as we watch this... it. <laughs> And I had a very visceral reaction to Inside Out. It was very important and deep to me. But I can't pretend that I didn't have a momentary flutter of existential panic in seeing Snagglepuss where I didn't think any existed. <laughs> right. Like, from Al Kabong? And his name is Old Snaggletooth? Are we... Are we pulling on... Because when, when stuff's from that far in the past, it's all, like, the same past... <laughs> It's a collective unconsciousness that we, as people who delve through cartoons regularly, all, we all recognize that there's a Pink Panther back there somewhere, even if we're not currently looking at a Pink Panther. Yeah, but also... Like, like if you're watching a Garfield cartoon, yeah. you recognize that Pink Panther probably informed a good amount of this. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but, but the other thing is, like... You wouldn't know, just like ask a person on the street, oh, Hong Kong Fui is from the 70s versus the other stuff, which is from the 50s. Oh, that makes quite a difference in the tone. That, that makes, yeah, that, that makes a lot of difference. And also recontextualizing what what black exploitation was in the 70s versus what cartoons thought black exploitation was in the 70s is very different. And like, because and you realize, like, perhaps he shouldn't have been included with those other cartoons. <laughs> I see why he's a janitor now. <laughs> this was this was a political thing. This was a D and I situation, wasn't like even, it? Even even now, we're finding new ways to riff on, like, even the same observation. Like, yeah, we're just talking about boomerang again. It's still unreal. We that could that legitimately happened. do a whole podcast about just boomerang. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it's a gold mine with no bottom, which right. I don't think is how gold mine works, but I'm done talking. You keep digging. There's always more gold. Always more gold. That's what the 1960s taught us. Yep. And, the uh, gold rush that never ended. Ben, I'm glad to say that there will always be more gold for us, the Carton cast, entering our 10th year. That's wild. Our silver anniversary. Not how it works. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and. Yeah, this this was wonderful. Yeah. Zane, thank you for joining me again for recollecting the past year. 
things have gone through a couple of turbulent shifts, but I feel like we're in a pretty good spot, and uh, I we, still yeah. love doing the show, and that's all we need, baby. We, we are ready to go run down our, our eternal wish list. We're just going to try and nail all the stuff we always assumed that we would have time to get to. Indeed. And as a uh, convenient segue from that, first of all, let me thank the listeners. Mm. Uh, you know, especially the people who write in, Superfan Alex, uh, among and all others. Of our guests. But all of our guests who showed up. Um, we love getting the feedback, but also, even if you just listen to it, rats off to you, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Safari so Joe's done it again. Throw some oh more my in god, there. I haven't thought about that in a hot minute. Not One hot minute is seven years. <laughs> uh, but no, like legitimately, we just do this for fun. And every time we recognize that other people lo- like it too, and it brings a smile to someone's day, uh, I-, I could not be happier. Yeah. That is the best of all possible scenarios for this. So thank you for listening. Continue to listen. And continue to listen to our next episode, which is going to be... Tackling the first of many episodes that we need to go back to. We have to cleanse our palate. Uh, We have to hit all of these highlights before we say sayonara, at least in the official capacity. We are going to be watching uh, The Prophesied, Ren and Stimpy. Ben and I went back and watched uh, about a minute of this. It's about all I could handle. Oh. It's, uh... Too good, huh? It's an affront to God, Ben. (laughs) It's... (laughs) We'll now, Zane, I want, I want you to put your mindset into how you were while watching Beavis and Butthead do America. Ben. Ben, though. <laughs> this, is dar- this is dark alchemy. I'm, it's hard. I'm, I'm fixing. It's just hard, though. <laughs> so after uh, Ren and Stimpy, what will we be affronting God with? Uh, ben, it's time for a movie. Um, and actually... I'm going to put in a movie. I'm going to put in a movie. Then I think Austin <laughs> Powers might have to be the most referenced thing on the Carton cast. It's the most referenced thing in your life. It just comes up a lot. And I like, I've seen... I I know it's your bag. I've seen the second movie like maybe once. I, I don't know how this happened. I don't know either. Uh, yeah, so Ben, next time we are going to watch an animated movie. It is uh, Promare. So I okay, Ben. If you don't know anything about this, uh, imagine the the way that I've seen it is it's um, Studio Trigger, the pe- people who split off from Gynax. Imagine did they do Edge Runners or am I? I don't know if I, I saw. I don't. I don't know. Um, but because Edge Runners and the the random shots of Promare that I saw look very similar in in visual noise. From what I have read on Promare, it's Gurren Lagann, but people are on fire. I, 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 I reject the notion <laughs> that, they that the people in Gur and Lagan were not on fire. <laughs> it's a different kind of fire. No, so I've I've seen the buzz about this. Um, you know, we could always have gone back to see you know classic anime movies. You know, Ghost in the Shell or another Miyazaki. But like, I'm curious. I've been curious about this one for a while, and um, you know, I tis tis the final season. I know I'm going to need to recover from Ren and Stimpy. So, <laughs> yeah, let's check out. God Promare. damn it, Zane! You, 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 you've convinced me, child. Yeah. Uh, you've yeah. convinced me. There are more terrible things. And Ben, if you need to convince our audience of more terrible things, what would you recommend? I would probably recommend uh, going to our website at fancybat.com/cartoncast. You can go to the contact page there and 
just kind of kind of fuck around i guess you can <laughs> you, you can you find can, out you can, write, you can you can fuck around you can find out you can watch muzzy uh you can you can you can uh recommend shows for us to watch in this the final year of our lord yeah uh zane who is our lord <laughs> yours and mine well you said this is yeah. the final year of them so i'm guessing who died this year uh uh probably we're gonna cut that somewhere else uh you can go to the contact page and leave a um leave things that you want us to watch or uh things that you have to think about ren and stimpy or promare you can go to apple podcasts and leave a rating or review it really helps us out and it validates our existence and more than anything else please tell your friends about the show and tell us how sexy you thought totally spies was not a lot. Some. some. I, I mean, depends on the day, really. <laughs> depends yeah. on the state of agitation. Was it so sexy that I got fired from my job as a teacher? Oh, Ben, <laughs> there's mm. there's options here. Um, oh, and uh, just just to make it clear, if anybody has been on the Carton cast uh, and wants to be again, open season, we have some planned episodes, um, so you can ask us about those uh, or, or offer to join us on something of interest for you. Um, or if you've never been on, what are you waiting for? In uh, in in short, TLDR, come on, knock on our door. <laughs> da, na, 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 na. We've been we've been waiting for you, Tilder. It's it's him and you and it's me. It's the Carton Cast, baby. Does does anyone under Zane? You're doing this one, right? Three's Company was it was like. The Legend of Zelda, but there were two women, right? I think that's right. <laughs> Come and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Where the kisses are hers and hers and his. Three's company too. Come and dance on our floor. Come and dance on our floor. Take a step that is new.